2: We are back, baby. We are back! That's We right. are back! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Yes, we're here. I, I've spent 10 days away from this microphone.
3: It is great to have you back, Randy. It's good to be here. It was awesome having all of our... our Randy Carricker, fill while you were out, Chris Kerber, Danny Mack, JR, Katie Wu. We had a great time. But it's it's nothing like having the, the entire crew back together, Randy. It's great to have you back. And a lot has happened since you've been out, I've there, got to tell you.
2: There has been a lot that has happened, including the Cardinals, obviously, clinching that National League wildcard berth. They will play tomorrow night against the Dodgers in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. Scherzer against Wainwright. Can't wait.
3: It's going to be awesome and you can feel that energy pulsating through st louis everybody is feeling it right now there's that magic in the air that october that red october magic that you feel when you wake up Mm -hmm. and we can't wait until wednesday it's going to be great
2: and we should note that as you've heard throughout the course of the season on wednesdays with wayno Adam Wainwright takes every slight, every single slight personally. If he looks at fan graphs and sees that the Cardinals has, have a two, 1.8 chance of making the playoffs, he takes that personally. If somebody says something negative about the Cardinals, he takes that personally. Mm-hmm. We shall point out here that just the two of us, beat Adam Wainwright in the Big League Impact Fantasy Football League this very weekend. He made a strong effort last night, a noble effort to try to come back and win mm-hmm. on the heels or on the shoulders of Derek Carr and Keenan Allen and Derek, Darren Waller. But he couldn't. We beat Adam Wainwright.
3: You're welcome, St. We have just given Adam Wainwright some fuel to the fire. We've given him a little bulletin board material. There's no way Adam Wainwright is going to lose twice in one week. He doesn't want to lose two in a row. There's no way.
2: No. So, yes, as Michelle said, you're welcome, <laughs> St. Louis. The American League Wild Card game tonight here on 101 ESPN. 7 o'clock start. The Red Sox and the Yankees both 92 and 70. And if it was just an isolated one-game Wild Card where you weren't going to lose one of the teams... Baseball couldn't ask for any more than Yankees-Red Sox.
3: Or Cardinals-Dodgers. Right. If, if you're baseball, you know that all eyes are going to be on your product for the next two nights. The matchups are unbelievable. It's four legacy franchises, four teams that have history with one another. Obviously, Red Sox-Yankees speaks for itself, but the gravity of winner advances. Loser goes home for Yankees. Red Sox is incredible. And the Cardinals and the Dodgers are two of the crown jewel franchises in the National League. They've had history in the postseason in recent years. And I think baseball could not have asked for more than this. And when you look at the Dodgers, what a storyline that they're the defending World Series champions. They've been the standard in baseball for the past, what, five plus years. They are completely stacked. They, when they had injuries this year, they had the capital to go out and get a trade, Turner and and Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. They won 100 plus games and they still have to play the Cardinals to advance. That's why baseball is great because you never know what is going to happen.
2: And I do kind of feel bad for Rob Manfred that uh, there's a chance that he could lose the number one market tonight and he's going to lose the number two market tomorrow night. Yeah. but And the defending champions. But. Say, lovey.
3: That's how baseball go.
2: Yeah, you don't like it, play better. <laughs> so uh, the, tonight, Nathan Ivaldi for the Red Sox and Garrett Cole for the Yankees. The, the Yankees apparently will be missing DJ LeMay. Who both of these teams are different than the last time you saw them in the playoffs. And it'll be a fun game. And as we mentioned, the NL Wild Card game tomorrow night on TBS. And we have blues action tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. So you'll have to watch that one or find an ESPN radio affiliate.
3: So you can listen to the Blues in one ear and be watching the Cardinals on your screen.
2: That's a good play. How about Tyler O'Neill? We talked about him becoming a great player, and he did throughout the course of the second half of the season. In September, he had 13 homers, 30 RBIs. He scored 31. He had 21 extra base hits. He slugged 731 all of those stats, number one in the National League in 32 games. And so Tyler O'Neill was named the National League Player of the Month for September slash October.
3: So deserving. He's been on complete fire. Moving him in between Goldie and Arenado has been such a difference in this offense and such a difference in this in this team. It has unlocked something in him that John Mozeliak and the Cardinals always felt was there. They always knew he had the power but they wondered if you could see that offensive production consistently and wow, once it got turned on Tyler O'Neal as an unstoppable force
2: and when he put O'Neal in the three hole I was thinking come on what are you doing and obviously you have to experiment and do things but they saw something that led them to believe that O'Neal would be really solid between Goldie and Arenado and you talk about a 2-3-4 this is MV3 quality production from the middle of the lineup that the Cardinals are getting and they are as good as any group of three impact hitters in a row in Major League Baseball. Any group of three hitters in a row in Major League Baseball right now.
3: And you knew moving him there that he would likely get pitched differently with Nolan Arenado behind him and Paul Goldschmidt in front of him. But credit to him and credit to the Cardinals staff for making that adjustment. But he's clearly taken advantage of that opportunity and taken advantage of the different looks that he's been getting. And Tyler O'Neill is a huge reason why, why I feel confident in the Cardinals as they go into this matchup with the Dodgers
2: Dodgers finished with 106 victories, a game behind the Giants. By the way, if if you're upset about the Dodgers winning 106 games and having to play a one-game playoff, they should have won the division. That's why we have the wild card. The San Francisco Giants in 1993 won 103 games and didn't even make the playoffs because we didn't have a wild card. At least the Dodgers have a chance to be in the playoffs. As VT and the the players say, if you don't like it, play better. There should be an advantage for winning your division. And there should be a disadvantage, just like the Cardinals have, for not winning your division but still making the playoffs.
3: I agree. And I know if you're a Dodgers fan right now, you're probably furious that your team was so successful this season and there's a chance that you could get bounced in one game by a Cardinals team that, let's face it, was mediocre the majority Mm -hmm. of the season and got hot when it matters. But... That's what the beauty of baseball is, is the randomness of October and the fact that you could be such a powerhouse and get bounced early. That's why we love the baseball postseason is the unpredictability of it. So I love the fact that it's the Dodgers that have to play, that it came down to the wire mm-hmm. and that both the, the, the Giants came out of nowhere this season. No one expected the Giants to be what they are this year. Maybe internally they did, but I think they're probably even lying to themselves if they forecasted this amount of success. But I, I love that the Dodgers Dodgers are put in this position,
2: and it was cool in 1985 when the Cardinals won 101 games and the the Mets won 98 that year. But it was the two best teams, and same thing happened with Atlanta and San Francisco in '93. The two best teams are rumbling down the stretch, just like the the Giants and Dodgers did this year. And if you don't win, you're out. That's really winner take all. At least the Dodgers have a chance to take all. That was cool when if you weren't the best or if you didn't play the best, you weren't going to be in the playoffs. You talk about winner take all. At least I'm thinking the Dodgers have a chance here. So don't complain. If you have if you're a Dodger fan and you get one game, just win it.
3: If you're the best team in baseball, the Cardinals should be, in your mind, an easy task.
2: In your mind.
3: If, if you are the Dodgers and you really believe you're a World Series champion, you should look at a team that hasn't been great all year and got hot at the right time and think, the Cardinals, we've seen them, we can beat them. Mm-hmm. If You're going to have to run through a lot of good teams to win the World Series. Yeah. Why not start with the hottest team in baseball?
2: And we should note, and again, we say this with confidence, the Dodgers had 58 home wins. That was more than any other team in baseball, 58 and 23 at home. We lost 23.
3: Well, the Cardinals just won 17 in a row. So
2: yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football last <laughs> night, the Chargers over the Raiders, 28 to 14. Justin Herbert, the first quarterback since 1950 to reach 500 plus completions before his 20th NFL start. Joey Bosa was furious that a holding call was not called on him late in the game and said that NFL referees are blind.
3: Yes, he did. He was not pleased.
2: And he's not wrong either. No, but he'll probably get fined for it. And uh, if you weren't paying attention yesterday to sports, Urban Meyer last Thursday stayed around in uh, Cincinnati a little bit long. He actually drove over from Cincinnati, where the Jaguars played, over to Columbus to visit his family and evidently some friends.
3: Yeah, he went out with some friends. Had a night on the town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, so I hear.
2: So, And one of the friends came close to sitting on his lap. That was it the fun and they the the co-ed some
3: hands in some places yeah yeah yeah. Uh Yeah,
2: they asked him to dance and he he said no i better not but came close but then there was another uh and as you said during our break michelle there are cameras everywhere he was getting kind of handsy
3: yeah i saw an angle last night where um there was a there was a hand inside the thigh pulling Mm -hmm. towards him Uh, i don't know if that's the way they hug in Ohio. Maybe. If it's be. just an inside the leg hug, uh, come here, <laughs> come over here. It's loud in this bar. There's a band playing. Uh, this, is, this is how I'm going to get you closer to me so I can talk to you. I don't know, but Urban Meyer went from being It felt like he could do no wrong Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't like him but he was so successful in college football that he was on the the upper of the upper echelon he was protected in so many ways because of his position in college football and it's amazing how quickly that dissipated with with this stint in the nfl
2: a couple of things here number one he was wearing an ohio state hoodie
3: Well, it was a pink half zip, yeah, because that's how people identified him in the photos. Okay, but you're wearing the logo of the school, right?
2: And think about how he left there and how reluctant they were, even with everything that he had done, to push him out the door. It really, it it took a firestorm of him lying about a coach who had been uh, assaulting his wife, and Myers said that he didn't know about it when it was clear that he did. That's what it took him to push him out the door there. As I think you're alluding to, I don't think it'll take as much to push him out the door in Jacksonville after this start and all the drama surrounding Urban Meyer.
3: Yeah, I wonder what those conversations are like internally in Jacksonville. It's not been a great start for Urban. And clearly before... A lot of the comments that were made, and obviously, before this video has been leaked. I imagine that there's some patience required internally. You have Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Urban's clearly a guy who can coach. Now, will his approach or his philosophy translate to the NFL? That question remains. But I would imagine if you if you went out and made the move to get Urban Meyer, you believe in him enough that you're going to give him a couple years. Now I wonder if both parties want to mutually wa- walk away.
2: It'll be interesting to see because... He clearly doesn't understand the concept of having to build a team. When Dick Vermeil came to St. Louis, he understood the concept of having to build because you were bad. The Urban Meyer's team has lost 19 games in a row. He walked into a situation where they had lost 15. He wasn't going to be able to just go to, like he did at Ohio State, and, and win his first 10 games or whatever. It just wasn't going to happen, and he doesn't seem to understand that.
3: It's got to be a difficult position for someone like him to be in when you were in the flow, right? You were in the zone. You were so good at what you did at the collegiate level that you knew, even if it took a a minute, that you were going to get the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and that you would ultimately solve the problem and have success. I can't imagine what it's like for him to go into a building where you have to start from the ground up, even though you have Trevor Lawrence and you know you have the main piece you need to build around, but have everyone doubting you, everyone looking at you side eye like you don't know what you're doing. Because at at Florida or Ohio State, I'm sure he had everyone pulling the rope the same way even early on, because that's what happens in college. You are the head of the snake. Everyone defers to you. It's different when guys are actually getting a paycheck. And you have a lot of other people who are grown adults who have the, Ego that they're in a position and they know better than you, and a lot of people who've been in the NFL longer and might be looking at you like you don't know what you're doing. I can't imagine that that feels great for him or that he's right. having an awesome time.
2: Yeah, he he doesn't have Northern Illinois on the schedule this year. No, no. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens there because I get the sense that things are spiraling downward in a big hurry. Yeah. For. Shad Khan and his son and his son, Tony, and uh, Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Great to have you with us. Great to be back on 101 ESPN. Coming up, what should the Dodgers be worried about as they start their game against the Cardinals tomorrow night? That's next with Michelle and Randy on 101 ESPN.
1: We are right back to the Carragher and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Cards and Dodgers tomorrow, the National League wildcard game. And there are a lot of reasons, Michelle, to think that the Cardinals can win this game. And as many reasons that the Dodgers should be concerned, if not afraid, of facing the Cardinals. I've got one for you. How about this? September 18th, 2019. That right there is a good enough reason for the Dodgers to be afraid of the Cardinals. Cardinals and Nationals here Bush Busch Stadium. Cardinals win 5-1. Adam Wainwright goes seven innings and allows one run in a 5-1 Cardinals victory. Max Scherzer pitching for the Nationals. He goes six and two-thirds, allows five runs on seven hits. He got rocked by the Cardinals. Tommy Edmond, by the way, had a home run and a double in that game. Paul DeYoung had a big game against Scherzer, and he took it on the chin 5-1 and by the way, Max Scherzer for his career, four and six against the Cardinals with a two point seven six earned run average.
3: Interesting, Randy. Very interesting. Does Tommy Edman qualify as a devil magic guy? If totally he does indeed comes up big against Max Scherzer. Yeah, again?
2: you could see that. And if we're going to have uh, Halliday Carpenter, for example, yes. on the road. Who would be surprised if it would be Tommy Edmond that would get the triple to lead things off and then a base hit by Paul Goldschmidt to score him? Or Tommy two bags, I guess. He'd get the double and then yeah. Goldie would drive him home. And then Wainwright would just buckle down and shut him out one nothing.
3: I could totally see that. I could totally see us coming in on Thursday morning and we're talking about Carpenter Halliday 2.0 yep. and Wainwright and Scherzer and Tommy Edmond being the hero.
2: I could see that, too
3: wow, that just gave me goosebumps because (laughs) I can actually close my eyes and envision that happening because this is what happens with the Cardinals in the postseason. Well, I'll give you one. And and the LA Times did a great job outlining, I believe, nine reasons why Mm -hmm. the Dodgers should be afraid of the Cardinals. There's a lot. You mentioned Max Scherzer. I'm looking at his past two outings, Randy, he's allowed 10 runs and 10 and a third innings over his past two starts. So he's showing a little bit of vulnerability here down the stretch. And conversely, the Cardinals, Offense has been hitting everybody, including the Brewers, who have three Cy Young contenders that they've absolutely taken to task. And I'm looking squarely at Tyler O'Neill. You know what Paul Goldschmidt is going to provide you, Nolan Arenado, as well. But when you have Tyler O'Neill wedged in between them, and if you missed us announcing it last month, he was named the, the national or excuse me, last segment, he was named the National League Player of the Month for September with thirty-one runs, thirteen home runs, thirty RBI, twenty-one extra base hits, and a seven thirty slug he led all stats in the national leagues in 32 games between september and october i feel like tyler o'neill can hit anyone right now he's that hot including max scherzer and i could totally see that one-on-one matchup being a major x factor in this game i i really have confidence in tyler o'neill to do some damage
2: he just seems to be the kind of guy that would do damage against scherzer too but Another reason the Dodgers should be afraid of the Cardinals is that it's not just him. If you look at Nolan Arenado, and he'll admit to you, he's, he'll say, I didn't have as good a year as I wanted to have. But in the second half, he had 17 homers and 49 RBIs. He had a four eighty six slug, a seven ninety one OPS. But then the, the big weapon for the Cardinals, obviously, is Goldie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you look at what he was able to accomplish really all season long. But in the second half of the season, Michelle... He had a 330 batting average, a 402 on base, a 618 slug, a 1020 OPS with 18 homers and 50 RBIs in just 306 plate appearances. Uh, let me say that again. He had thir- 18 homers and 50 RBIs in 306 plate appearances. He's tearing things up. And he loves to hit against the Dodgers. He loves to hit against, uh, on the West Coast. And. If there's going to be a star tomorrow, you can go up and down the lineup. We can look at Edmund. We can look at O'Neill. We can look at Aronado, who, by the way, is so excited about playing at Dodger Stadium That's where right. he grew up.
3: And in a postseason game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's so much excitement around these players, and Goldie just hits there. You look at the Cardinal lineup. Would anybody be surprised if Yachty did something big?
3: No, this is what Yachty or Molina does in clutch situations in the postseason. Of course, you know who else is feeling it is Harrison Bader. If you haven't read his Players' Tribune article during a commercial break, cue it up. I have, quote, tweeted it. It's on my Twitter page, at msmallman. He is a guy that gets it, Randy. He talks about how the best part of their 17-game win streak was bringing joy to the people of St. Louis and how much it means for the guys in that clubhouse to put on that uniform with the birds on the bat. But he revealed something in that article that I thought was very telling. He talked about how he idolizes Paul Goldschmidt, how his work ethic and, and the type of player he is, is something that Harrison Bader really tries to emulate. But he said, if you need to know anything about this team and the way we're feeling right now, Paul Goldschmidt has laughed and told more jokes in the past month than he has in in his entire Cardinals career. Harrison Bader said that this feeling of playing well and this winning and this positive attitude is infectious in the clubhouse Mm -hmm. right now. And that even Goldie is has his guard down and is feeling loose and is laughing along and playing well and that is a dangerous team when you have a team that is so confident in their abilities that they're loose and that they don't as as our friend Chris Duncan would say have the tight cheeks going mm-hmm. into a, a winner, ta- winner advance loser go home situation that is a dangerous team and that's another reason why I have confidence in the Cardinals because the Dodgers really have everything to lose they're the defending champs they're the team with all the expectations placed upon them the Cardinals shouldn't even be here and the fact that they're going into this game feeling confident and feeling good is a good sign.
2: Michelle, I've got a couple more quick ones for you. Number one, Latin Heat. Cabrera has pitched well down the stretch. Gallegos has been terrific as the Cardinal closer. And even though Alex Reyes has had his moments. He's, again, a guy that lives for this moment. So I'm not concerned at all about the back end of the Cardinals' bullpen. And getting to that back end, if Wayno only gives you five, I feel great about T.J. McFarland and Luis Garcia. Who would have imagined that at the All-Star break, we we would feel great about the Cardinal bullpen? And who of us had heard of T.J. McFarland and Luis Garcia?
3: It it literally just made me laugh that we're sitting here having this conversation. And part of the reason we feel so strongly about this Cardinals team is because of Garcia and McFarland. But it's true. They've been outstanding for the Cardinals. And, Brandi, we can't get to this point moment in the conversation and not mention the guy who's going to be on the bump for the Cardinals and Adam Wainwright. If you have confidence in anyone that's going to be in the lineup for the Cardinals, isn't it Uncle Charlie in, in a big moment, what he's given you this season, don't you feel like he is so mentally prepared for this game and that he's going to go out there and give the Cardinals a stellar performance? And you know that he's going to get to that point in the game to put the Cardinals in a position to win. And that's when you call upon your bullpen. That's been rock solid for you.
2: Nobody wants the ball more in this situation than Adam Wainwright. We talk about guys that live for this. If there's a big game, that's if you're a Cardinal fan, that's the guy without any equivocation that you want to have pitching for you. That's the guy you want on the mound. And most importantly, he's been there and he wants to be on the mound and is so vocal about it. How many times has he texted his team and said, Hey, I got you. I'm just... Let me put you on my back and, and we'll win this. And I guarantee you that if the Cardinals haven't gotten that text already, they're going to get it in the next 24 hours.
3: Oh, I c- can only imagine that he's already written it out and that it's coming, especially on a Tuesday or on a, yeah, tonight leading into tomorrow or tomorrow morning. But that's the only thing that really concerns me, Randy, is our faith in Adam Wainwright, that if he gets into a little bit of a jam at some point during the game, when when does your faith in him waiver or when do you say I want to go to the bullpen because I have a lot of faith in the bullpen but yeah. I just I just worry that our faith in Adam Wainwright even if he gets into a a pickle might have Mike Schultz or the Cardinal's coaching staff wanting to leave him in in a situation a little too long because he usually gets out of stuff like that
2: you have to be careful and that's the thing. He allowed two runs last week. He allows the home run to Milwaukee, to Urias, and you don't worry about it. He allows two runs in the first inning, and you say, okay, don't worry about it. He's going to give us six. Exactly. That's the thing. And maybe you draw the line at three runs because you're going against Scherzer. Mm-hmm. But he obviously gets more rope than any other Cardinal starting pitcher. And because of the way that he's bounced back from bad starts, I'm going to stick with him a little bit longer. But that's something – at least you want to have guys up early. Yeah. So that if he's got first and third and two runs are in and only one out, you are you at least have a guy ready in the bullpen.
3: But you're saying that, and in my mind I'm thinking I also wouldn't be surprised if he gives you a CG shutout.
2: I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> I
3: wouldn't be surprised if he goes the distance. And that's a conversation that the, they don't even have to have at the dugout.
2: And the Dodgers, even though the back end of their bullpen and – Especially in the playoffs, Kenley Jansen has shown some uh, propensity for blowing games. Overall, their bullpen is the second best in the National League. Giants have a 2.99 ERA out of the pen, and the Dodgers 3.16. So you, you don't want to be too confident against their bullpen, but they are beatable at the back end.
3: I want to get to this text really quickly, and we want to hear from you. Give us a reason why you think that the Dodgers should be worried about the Cardinals. We're going to talk about this throughout the show. I'm really curious why people feel confident in the Cardinals right now. But, Randy, how about this one? Don't sleep on the Cardinals' devil magic. Isn't it more likely that Scherzer could get rocked for eight runs and the Cardinals win at 12-9? to nine?
2: I was thinking <laughs> yesterday. Actually, my son Patrick and I were having the conversation about how uh, – I think we were listening to BKM Ferrario, and they said – Well, nobody was confident about facing the Nationals in 2019. And I said, well, what about when the Cardinals scored 10 in the first against the Braves? Yeah. I was pretty confident then. So, yeah, it would not surprise anybody who has watched the Cardinals over the last 20 years and is aware of devil magic. Wouldn't surprise any of us if they would wind up scoring early and knocking Scherzer out.
3: And again, another text that we're getting on the text line from the 573. Scherzer was at the Rams game last night as if we didn't have enough reason to root against him.
2: It was a Chargers game, though.
3: Still, it's in the Rams in- building. I understand what the 573 is saying. Even if it's a Chargers game, it's in the Rams house.
2: Well, we, we have plenty of reason to root against him, yeah. And he was sitting with Scott Boris. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's another good reason.
3: You know, Adam Wainwright, about was watching video in his hotel room. Just saying.
2: Yep, he was getting ready. So (laughs) plenty of reasons for the Los Angeles Dodgers to be scared of the Cardinals. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, NFL Week 5 is already complete, isn't it? No, was that Week 4? That was Week 4. But either way, we've got news and notes for you. We'll tell you what's going to happen in Week 5. How's that next on 101 ESPN?
1: We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: You know what that means. It's your chance to win. It's your chance to win here on 101 ESPN, where we have your chance to win a pair of tickets to Jason Aldean. That's right. You can go hear Jason Aldean Saturday night at Hollywood <laughs> Casino Amphitheater.
3: I love how you, you got that twang working, yeah. Randy.
2: Oh, he's got his back in the saddle tour 2021 coming. Tickets on sale now, but you can win tickets today if you stay with us and you know the phrase that pays towards the end of the show. Michelle, We need to have the first word of the phrase that pays.
3: The first word and the phrase that pays is devil. Ooh,
2: devil. And if you hear this sound, (laughs) that means that you know that the next word for the phrase that pays is coming your way. Jason Aldean, Saturday Night Hollywood Casino Amphitheater.
3: What's your favorite Aldean jam?
2: Um, not really a Jason Aldean guy. You don't over like the course of history. Time. Dirt Road Anthem? Oh, you know what, Michelle? I forgot. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, good one. Yeah,
3: yeah. I know you like you make it easy too. Blame it on you. I know those are all your favorites.
2: He has so many big hits. It's kind of hard and you know, I don't know if people are aware of it but we have a station here uh w-i-l mm-hmm. it's a, a country music station and you walk down the hall and you hear like got what i got and you're thinking okay well that's that's yeah. pretty good and you think oh, just one guy you say who is that, that is jason Aldean. Right. and then you you're walking back the other way from the coffee area and i buy soda of course and uh, you hear tonight looks good on you and you say man <laughs> another great song and you just you go in and you say hey uh Mason, what? what's the uh, – or Remy. What, what, it's Remy now. Yeah. What, who, who, they have they have them all over the place. Who's got that song? And it's uh, it, it's Jason Aldean. Casey. Casey and Remy. That's right. Or sometimes,
3: you know, we, we pipe in music into the restrooms here. Mm-hmm. And I always change it in the ladies' room to 101 ESPN. Oh, because yeah. Because I know good that when the women are washing their hands, they, of course, want to hear about the Cardinals' chances versus the Dodgers. But sometimes I'll walk in there and I'll be like, what's that, Hicktown? Pumping <laughs> through the speakers? Down? No, we got to put on 101 ESPN.
2: And Michelle, let's get started with our NFL news and notes. Because Urban Meyer discovered on pretty much any old bar stool. <laughs>
3: He was on any old barstool. That barstool, it was any old barstool, and then it became an infamous barstool that Urban Meyer sat on when he was videotaped, having a grand old time.
2: Yeah, and uh, so here's the story. He stayed in Ohio, let his team fly home to Jacksonville after the loss to Cincinnati last week. He stayed in Ohio, allegedly, to go visit his family in Columbus, but... He was spotted in a bar on any old bar stool mm-hmm. in Columbus. And as you might guess, there were people with phones that had video recorders, and they showed up on social media. And once it got out, Meyer had to try to navigate the situation, and here's what he had to say yesterday.
4: Can
5: you explain the viral video uh, from your place over the weekend? Yeah, I, uh, I just apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction. It's stupid. Uh, uh, and so I explained everything that happened and owned it, and you know, just a stupid. Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position.
3: Do you think? urban meyer went from any old bar stool to i don't drink anymore as his favorite jason aldean song
2: <laughs> <That very laughs>
3: he well could have just gone yeah. into his presser and started playing jason aldean i don't drink anymore because i doubt we're going to see urban meyer in, in many bars in the no. future especially knowing that people have phones and they're no. going to be recording everything that he does
2: and in a fortuitous turn of events for urban meyer He got this email from Darren Parker, who is the vice president of Cam Soda. It said, Dear Urban Meyer, I saw the videos and pictures making the rounds on Twitter over the weekend of you out and about on the town partying and canoodling. I know you addressed everything in a press conference saying you shouldn't have put yourself in that kind of position. I'd like to reach out and offer you a VIP elite XXX membership to (laughs) Cam Soda, the world's best adult webcam platform that you can take with you on the road. It will provide you free 24-7 access to a roster of beautiful cam models that you can webcam with in crisp 4K from the comfort of your hotel room. I'd hate for you to get caught again. So take us up on our offer and we'll send you a brand new laptop so that you can canoodle online.
3: It's an appealing offer. Also, the word <laughs> canoodle and canoodling is perfect. an unbelievable word to try to describe what Urban Meyer was caught on video doing. I don't know if we would call that canoodling. It fits. Mm. But canoodling just seems so innocent. It seems like it sev- seventh grade, you're on the Ferris <laughs> wheel at, the, at yep. the county fair with your grade school girlfriend or boyfriend holding hands, and you're canoodling. That doesn't feel like sitting on any old bar stool with with a co-ed potentially <laughs> doing her best genuine impression. You know, I, I don't feel like that is the, the proper use of canoodling.
2: I, I I agree with you there. Hey, there was controversy. <laughs> we love controversy. Yeah, of course. Controversy in Denver on Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens had rushed for 100 yards in a game, 42 consecutive games. That was one shy of the Pittsburgh Steelers' all-time NFL record of 43 games in a row, rushing for over 100 yards. And with three yards to go... John Harbaugh and the staff with the Ravens had Lamar Jackson run for five so that they could break the record. They had gotten the ball by the way, because of an interception thrown by Drew Locke in the end zone with 10 seconds left. So Vic Fangio, the Broncos coach was asked about the play call with a 16 point lead for Baltimore by John Harbaugh and his staff.
4: Yeah,
5: I thought it was kind of, but I expected it from them. You know, I've,
4: 37 years in Pro Ball, I've never seen anything like that. So but it was to be expected and we expected it. Why did you expect it from them? Because I just know how they operate. You know, they that's just their uh, you know, mode of
2: operation there. Player safety is secondary. Vic, you threw an interception into the end zone, down 16 with 10 seconds left. You talk about player safety, take a knee take a knee. Get the game over with. You already lost. Why are you trying to throw the ball into the end zone with 10 seconds left? Hey, if if you didn't want them to run the ball against you, don't give them the ball.
3: I also don't like this football etiquette says that that shouldn't have happened, that they should have taken a knee. It's just like I don't like the unwritten rules of baseball. If another team wants to do something that's against the grain or against what's expected for them to do, I feel like that's on you as a coach. You should be prepared for anything that's coming toward you and not just assume the other team is going to follow the etiquette
2: there's a reason that in 2021 john harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the nfl and vic fangio is going to get fired and it's because john harbaugh understands what his players like and what is important to them and he delivered to them what's important to them and vic fangio clearly has no clue about what makes players happy Uh, i get that you have been in the league for 37 years how many super bowl rings do you have scoreboard yeah I don't think he has any. Maybe I think he's been in a Super Bowl, Let's see. but I don't, he certainly doesn't have any as a head coach. So, hey, if if you don't like it, either play better or do the right thing and just take an e and accept your defeat. That's what he should have done.
3: I do not see any hardware on a quick. Wikipedia search, which okay. we know is the the reference to, to use here. Yeah, he's definitely. been in the league a long time, obviously. He's been a linebackers coach, defensive coordinator. Um, he's been the AP NFL assistant coach of the year in 2018.
2: Oh, maybe that's the play then.
3: Yeah, but I do not see any hardware.
2: Okay, so may, maybe as a head coach, you should if before you complain, Review the situation, okay? Don't throw the ball into the end zone, down 23-16 with 10 seconds left. That didn't do anything good for player safety either. All right, those are NFL news and notes on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Take it or leave it is coming your way with Randy and Michelle on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: We've got Xavier Scruggs coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's going to be calling tonight's American League wildcard game on ESPN Radio. The Cardinals, uh, former Cardinal player, now front office member, Mike Claiborne, joining us at 930 as well. But right now, time for Take It or Leave. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. So, Michelle, you and I were both uh, making our way home from Green Bay on Sunday night, and we were both listening to the Patriots game against the Buccaneers. I get home yesterday, and my wife, Joan is walking out the door to take the trash out or something and says, by the way, Tom Brady's my favorite player now, and if you're going to watch games, I'm going to have him as my favorite player. I said, okay, that's fine. I'm, I found him to be a likable guy. She says, you know, he played that game in the rain, and then he walks off the field to do the interview, and it's like he's glowing. He was. And I said, cool. I, I, I find him to be actually a lot more fun now than he... And I I don't know if it was you that I texted last night. He, he was... Uh, So he was kind of like a member of Charles Manson's family as a member of the Patriots. He was he was in a cult and he got out of it. Congratulations to him. He broke out of it. But uh, take it or leave it. I should be 100 percent okay with uh, Tom Brady being my wife's favorite player.
3: I'm going to take that, Randy. How can you make an argument against him right now? I know Spygate. I know his years with the evil empire that is the Patriots, or at least the way you Mm -hmm. view the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I understand that that's difficult for you. But as you mentioned, he's in a completely different position now. He's in Tampa Bay. He's won there. He separated himself from Belichick and from the Patriots. He's having so much fun. He's he's having cocktails. He's throwing the Lombardi from boat to boat. And he really does, and maybe this is all a, a crafted image, but if you talk to anybody who spent time around him, he really does seem like a nice guy who is just very dedicated to his craft. Yeah, he
2: was in the wrong place at the wrong time.
3: Or he was in the, the right, right place. place at the right uh, time and then got
2: out. Right place at the right Wrong time? I don't, well, it whatever was the right was.
3: time because he won.
2: Yeah, he did. He did win a lot. A lot, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, so <laughs> I, I'm cool with it. it. And apparently, they were sitting there watching. So Joan hasn't watched a game since the Rams left. She's that, that was the first game she watched, but was apparently cheering vociferously for Brady against the Patriots. So I'm good with that. That's fine.
3: You know, what, Randy, I think in the therapy world, this is what they call growth out yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. I think this is growth in yeah, real time. Yeah, Congratulations. I so. And I
2: still hate Belichick.
3: Yeah, you still so have awesome. I just think that. You have so much hatred towards Cronky and towards yep. Demoff and I've got, towards the Rams. i got that plenty
2: of uh, hate in my body. Yeah.
3: You, you don't need it towards the Patriots anymore. Right. They're not the main target right. of your anger.
2: Boy, in the St. Louis Bowl, was I happy on Sunday that uh, the first St. Louis team that we lost beat the second St. Louis team that we lost. God,
3: that's such a bummer. <laughs> That is such a bummer, and we're going to talk more about our trip to to Green Bay coming up. But being in that environment, it did make me miss my it, cool, yeah. it was very fun. Okay, Randy. So Cardinals Dodgers tomorrow. Didn't know if you heard, but uh, a winner take all or winner advance, loser go home situation. So we haven't even discussed this so far. Their first baseman Max Muncy injured his left elbow after colliding with Jace Peterson at first last Friday, and really severe injury. He's very unlikely to play. We can just go ahead and consider him out. So this is a big problem for the Dodgers because Max Muncy has had incredible production out of them. He was a big key to their success this year. He was an MVP candidate for most of the season. And a lot of people are wondering who's going to fill Max Muncy's spot. It could be Matt Beattie. He could go in at first base. But why not the former Cardinal himself, Albert Pujols, who might go up against a guy he knows in Adam Wainwright? Take it or leave it. Albert Pujols gets the start on Wednesday and the Cardinals end his baseball
2: career. Michelle, I'm going to take that. And for all of our discussion about the possibility of Albert coming back, I think this playoff appearance and the 17-game winning streak and the emergence of Nolan Gorman probably does end that possibility, at least a high likelihood that that ends that possibility. So I'm going to take that, that Albert tomorrow is the last game that he ever plays.
3: Because, yeah, there's a lot of factors here that, A, he'll get the start, B, that the Cardinals will win and see That he'll retire after this year yeah. But but I was thinking about this last night There's a huge possibility that this is the Last time we see Albert Pujols Play a baseball game and the Cardinals The Cardinals of all teams mm-hmm. could be The team to end his baseball career
2: And who's the battery that ends it
3: Ueno and Yadi, Unreal Yeah wouldn't that, that would just be an ending that no one saw coming, no. that no one could have forecasted, a, and that he's wearing a Dodgers uniform yeah, when it about, happened. How wow.
2: about a Wayno strikeout called by Yachty to end the game?
3: How about an Uncle of Charlie? Teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does, he, does he go down swinging or looking?
2: Looking. Oh. Just like Carlos Beltran. Yep. Wow. Yep. How about that? Your text, 65780. Emily, what do you have for us?
0: From the 618 take it or Leave It, burning a sick day for tomorrow's playoff game
3: is an acceptable reason. Oh, no, that's a rookie move, my friend. You don't burn the sick day tomorrow. You use it on Thursday after you stay up celebrating all night. Right. Because the game's not till 7, so you could go to work. You could still make it home in time to make your sheep pan nachos, mm-hmm. to get your cocktail ready, to get settled on the couch, go hang out with your buddies, whatever you're doing. But you're going to be partying into the wee hours, so you need to burn the sick day, sick day on Thursday.
2: Very good play. Anything else besides the sheet pan nachos, which I haven't even thought about to this point. I I suppose I should start thinking about that today.
3: Yeah, you should. Well, you need to start thinking about what you're going to eat during the game. And nachos are great because you can snack throughout the entirety of the game. Normally, we reserve those for a football Sunday Mm -hmm. or maybe a college football Saturday. But... I don't know. Do you really want to make hot dogs or bratwurst at home? It seems like no. nachos is kind of the play.
2: Right. And I'm guessing that our friends at Schnooks will have go cards, cookie cakes available.
3: Oh, you need to get that. Now,
2: playoff cookie cake is a must. So Schnooks, I'm ready.
3: And think about the things that you do on Wednesday, because if slash when the Cardinals advance, you're going to need to keep doing that superstition and consistency is very important it's an important component of devil magic that all of our energy is going towards the same thing so make sure that you're eating something you like because you could be eating it for a few weeks
2: great call yeah no liver tomorrow
3: yeah no
0: from the 314 take it or leave it winner of this wild card wins the world
3: series i'll take that because are we talking about the national league wild card i believe so yeah and i'm gonna take that yeah,
2: yeah i'll take that too I,
3: I truly believe that whoever wins that game has a good chance because if it's the Dodgers that advance, they're arguably the favorite to There's, win the World Series. They
2: are the Vegas favorites. They're the
3: Vegas favorites to win the World Series. And if the Cardinals advance, they're the hottest team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in the postseason, momentum matters most.
2: Here's the scary thing. Because the Cardinals lost three games, they aren't the hottest team in baseball anymore. The Giants are.
3: Oh, man, Randy.
2: So the Dodgers went 22 eight eight in their last 30 games and picked up one game on the Giants yeah it's
3: incredible well the Cardinals have won 19 of 21 still pretty hot
2: hot yeah, really, hot hot really if you hot. ask me yeah
3: from the 636
0: the 17 game win streak will be forgotten if the Cardinals lose tomorrow take it or leave it
1: leave
2: it
3: I'll leave that too
2: it's the longest winning streak in Cardinal history that's right it's
3: his it's historic it it will I don't think it'll take away from the shine, but as Harrison Bader wrote in his piece at the Player Tribune, all that really matters is what happens next because I don't – here's why I'll, why I'll take it. The streak will not be forgotten, but I do think if the Cardinals lose tomorrow to the Dodgers, the, the winning streak will not be a major contributing factor into the way we talk about the Cardinals in the offseason because I think we'll look mm-hmm. at the season in totality – and we'll have a lot of encouraging things that came out of the stretch and out of the streak. But if they get bounced in a one game playoff, that's not going to be good enough for Cardinals right. fans.
2: It'll be fondly remembered, like mm-hmm. Albert Pujol's home run in game five against Houston in 2005. It's just, it'll be a great, glorious footnote.
0: From the 314, take it or leave it, even though it won't be on the morning show, tomorrow night will be the best Wednesday with Wayne of the year.
3: Oh, I'll take that.
2: Yeah, I'll take that.
3: Oh, it's Wednesday. It's on Wednesday.
2: Wednesday. That's his day. Yep. This is great. It is. Maybe Chick-fil-A tomorrow.
3: (gasps) That's right. Get your Chick-fil-A at the house. Get a Sunjoy. Yep. Get a waffle fries. Load up on Polynesian sauce in honor of Adam Wainwright.
2: Yep. That might be the play. I think
3: that's the play. Good call, Randy.
2: Yep. One more.
3: All
0: right. From the 573, take it or leave it. Nolan Arenado hits a home run in the wild card
3: game tomorrow night.
2: I'm going to take that.
3: I would put money on that. Yeah. Who would you feel more comfortable throwing money down on to go yard tomorrow? Goldie, O'Neal, Arenado. If you could only pick one.
2: I think I would go Tyler O'Neal.
3: I think I might go Goldie.
2: It's a great call.
3: But how can you leave out Arenado? He has been dreaming of this moment, and it's in L.A.
2: Yeah, he's so psyched for this. So he's really ready to go.
3: Doesn't that make you feel great that, that you have three guys that you you feel awesome about yeah
2: pretty cool gonna <laughs> be fun thanks emily thank you and thanks for your text to the air comfort service text line 65780 all right we've got some mic drops we've got some texts and we want more because coming up we want to know from you why the dodgers should be worried about the cardinals that's coming your way on 101 espn we are right back to the
1: Character and smallman podcast on 101 espn
2: Four in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle, we get this text from the three one four that says, stop bringing Satan into the Cardinals playoff run. They don't need devil magic. Be careful what you wish for.
3: That person must be new here.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: we excuse me. Sir or ma'am, we did not bring Satan into the equation. If you're listening to this station, that means you're likely a Cardinals fan and have been for some time. You know that devil magic precedes this show. We're just reporting the facts.
2: Right. And what devil magic is, is the Cardinals' incredible ability to find players that nobody else thinks they can find. There's an article up at Baseball America about how a scout said that he looked at Tommy Edman as a future utility player, but certainly not as a starter. And all of a sudden, he becomes a really good second baseman and everyday player for the Cardinals, taking Albert Pujols in the 13th round when the Giants didn't even have him on their board because uh, he he looked like just uh, the the fat bastard from the Austin Park. Powers movies. That's what the giant scout told me. So we didn't even have him on our board, but the Cardinals find a way to get this guy to be a great major leaguer. Cardinals do it every year. They come up with players and that's what couple, that's what the uh, devil magic is.
3: Uh, texture from the three, one, four. Do you not, does the name Pete Cosma not ring a bell? Thank you. Does the name Matt Adams not ring a bell? This is what happens again. Mm-hmm. We we're not summoning the devil. We, I don't even think someone in St. Louis coined it Devil Magic. I believe it was uh, a fan base outside of St. Yeah, Louis.
2: Yeah, it, it was I like it, in 2012. Yeah,
3: that's right. It's the only way to explain some of the things that happened with the Cardinals. I have some other texts, Randy, of, right. of why people listening are confident in the Cardinals. I like this. Versus the Dodgers. Or to rephrase why the Dodgers should be worried about the Cardinals. Here's one from the 757. Our defense and a one game playoff, the defense will never be more valuable than it will be tomorrow night. And I think that's an excellent point.
2: Especially with that big outfield at Dodger Stadium, Harrison Bader running around like he does. And O'Neill and Carlson both playing at a very high defensive level. O'Neal playing at a goal glove level. And then the infield, you know you're going to get the plays made. Two really good defensive teams, but the Cardinals far and away the best defensive team in baseball.
3: From the 636, L.A. with the tight cheeks. Check. Muncie out. Check. The forecast is partly cloudy. Check. This is why the Dodgers should be worried.
2: Speaking of partly cloudy. They have a roof on the stadium, the new stadium, SoFi Stadium, and they had a weather delay last night.
3: Yeah, what was that about?
2: It's just so crunky. So that's another thing about L.A. that's going to hurt them. Now, you talk about devil magic and they think they got it but it's going to hurt them so 314 be happy that the devil actually resides in la
3: (laughs) that's true that and we can confirm that Mm -hmm. we know that for a fact from the 314 the dodgers should be worried because there is absolutely zero pressure on the cardinals and all the pressure on la that's why i'm confident
2: and they might not be thinking this but here's reality kids they won the World Series in a 60-game season. And a lot of people, I, I'm not one of those, but a lot of people don't take that championship seriously because they won it in a pandemic year. So if, if one guy is thinking, oh, man, we got to prove ourselves here, that could be a problem. The Cardinals don't feel like they have to prove themselves because they're playing against the, one of the greatest teams of all time. Maybe the most talented team of my lifetime is the 2021 Dodgers. They're pretty good. Yeah. Hey, let's get a mic drop. Shell has been kind enough to join us with the 101 ESPN app and the mic drop feature.
4: Michelle, I think the most important reason that the Cardinals should be confident in themselves and we should be confident in them is the Cardinals are kind of playing with house money at this point. No one expected them to be there. So no matter what they do, it's been a good season, in my opinion, the way that they came back and had the streak and everything like that. Would it be disappointing for them to lose in the first game? Sure. But... All the pressure's on Los Angeles. They're looking at the 100-plus win season. By all rights, probably should have been the NL West champions, and they got beat out by a Giants team that no one saw coming. So I think all the pressure falls squarely on them. So we'll see what happens. Um, I know Scherzer's a great pitcher, but I don't know. There's just something about these Cardinals playing with house money. I like it.
2: Just don't gamble that house money away. I don't think they will. Play your game. I don't think they will either.
3: They've been judicious about the house money that they've garnered over the past month. But any Cardinal that you've heard talk leading into this game has said just that, Randy, that if we go out there and we play the game that we've been playing, no one is going to be able to beat us. And that is, to Chell's mic drop, got to add another log on the confidence fire that you know that you've gone up against teams that are are really good postseason teams like the Brewers and you've smoked them just playing your game. Just throwing strikes, having your offense have production, taking good at-bats, the defense is sound, the bullpen has been great. What do you really have to worry about if you play your game?
2: After the win tomorrow, who is the Cardinal to videotape Schilt in the postgame celebration?
3: I think they might be... Going through a full body scan And being checked for contraband <laughs> for phones. A.K.A. phones <laughs> Before they get in I, I Did you watch Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu? Before they go into the place It's like they go into this tranquilum They get searched for phones That's going to be the Cardo's okay. They're going to have a full Derek Jeter Jetersburg basket Where everyone has to put their phones in I wish it would be somebody If I had to put money on somebody It would definitely be Lars Nupar uh, Just oh, because man. I think he's been so excited And he'll, mm-hmm. he'll want to take pictures and videos To document this moment but I don't even think Lars would do that because of a Randy Arrozarena, which is a bummer because a fired up Mike Schilt, whether he's angry or excited, is the best Mike
2: Schilt. I hope that we get an idea. I hope somebody will at least describe the scene.
3: Okay, belated, take it or leave it. It's not Mike Schilt that fires up the boys in the clubhouse. It's Adam Wainwright. I'm going to take
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Another mic drop. This is Lisa.
3: Hey, guys, the Dodgers should be completely
0: worried because we are going to my friend's house in O'Fallon, Illinois for the party tomorrow night. And guess the last time we went there for a party like this was June 12th, 2019, where people brought fake Stanley Cups, parties were held, and it was a total blast. So Dodgers, you might as well check it in because we're going to O'Fallon, Illinois for the party and we are going to kick some Dodger butt. And we have Wayno on the mound. All right, go
3: Cards.
2: Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, I don't know why the Dodgers would even bother now. Now that Lisa's going to O'Fallon, Illinois, it's really over, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Thank you, Lisa, for doing your part.
2: Yep, totally.
3: Maybe they have Lisa zoom in and do the post-game speech. Thank you, Lisa, for (laughs) going to O'Fallon, Illinois. Uh, What about this one, Randy, from the 636? This is from Rob from Union, Missouri. I'm not sure L.A. is even worried about this game. I kind of have the feeling that they're looking ahead, which could be a big mistake.
2: It could be. Now, as a community... They aren't looking at this game because LeBron's training camp has started.
3: <laughs> his, his, his Nike center has been unveiled. Right. So that's three hours of content
2: right there. So they aren't, as a community, worried about it. But as a team, you're exactly right. They, so they're they saying, we won 106 games. They won 90. We're so much better than they are. And Scherzer, I'm sure, is fired up. He's he's intense. He's going to compete. But the rest of those guys are saying, we're the world champions. Yeah, thanks to Kevin Cash, you're the world champions, taking Blake Snell out.
3: I still can't believe that happened, but Max Scherzer is lounging, watching the Charter- Chargers Raiders game yeah. at SoFi Stadium last night. What do you think Adam Wainwright was doing last night? He
2: was getting ready for the start tomorrow night. I'm sure he was. He's not going to peak too soon.
3: Stretching, watching video, probably hydrating. Very important. He talked with us about his routine. Mm-hmm.
2: It's also quite possible that he was watching and rooting for Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and Keenan Allen.
3: And you know what? character and Smallman, just, just, just the, the two us. of us, defeated Adam Wainwright in the Big League Impact League this week. We were texting about it last night, and we didn't know if we should throw it because we wanted Adam to mm-hmm. feel confident going into a start. I literally said to Randy, we're competitors, but... There's a lot on the line this week. Do yeah. we throw it so that Wayne feels good going into his start? And you know what Randy said? No, because there's no chance Adam Wainwright's going to lose twice in one week, and we're right. going to throw some gasoline on that competitive fire. He'll be so fired up. You're welcome. I'm sure when he's out there facing the Dodgers, he's going to be thinking, I cannot believe just the two of us beat me this week in fantasy
2: <laughs> football. Even without Tua. <laughs> That's right.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, the do- the Dolphins, Randy. Yeah, not
2: not great. great. Not great. <laughs> that is today's Fresh Take on 101 ES. ESPN. Coming up, we've got an early edition of The Fight. Stick around. That's next with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
3: Karen Smallman on this Tuesday on 101 ESPN. It's 8:18. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And we have an early edition of the fight today because coming up next, we're going to be joined by Xavier Scruggs, who's on the call for the AL Wild Card game on ESPN Radio tonight. It's going to be a great one: Yankees versus Red Sox. But right now, we have the fight, and it's Randy Carreker's first fight in over a week. He was out. All last week and yesterday. So maybe he's a little rusty since he hasn't competed in a while. I don't know. We'll find out. Sean is going to be his competition today. Good morning, Sean. How are you? I'm great. Do you feel good going against Randy after he's been on vacation? Or do you think maybe he's (laughs) he's been reading a lot while he's out and he could be in peak form?
2: Since I listen to the fight quite often, I feel no confidence, <laughs> but I'm ready to take him on.
3: I love that. All right. Well, good luck, Sean. Emily and I are pulling for you. Thank you. All right. Question number one. Happy 43rd birthday to former NFL quarterback, ESPN college football analyst, and newly named bachelor host Jesse Palmer. Palmer played college football for which school? Is it Florida, Texas, or Alabama?
2: I'll go Florida. Florida.
0: I know you're watching The Bachelor, Sean, so I had to throw that one in there. On this day in 2011, the Cardinals played the Phillies in NLDS game four. In the fifth inning of that game, the rally squirrel ran across the plate as Roy Oswalt threw a pitch to who at the plate? John Jay, Matt Holliday,
3: or Skip Schumacher?
1: Skip Schumacher.
3: I didn't know today was Rally Squirrel Day. It was. I love that. Okay, question number three, Sean. Who is the only player to have won the Conn Smythe Trophy three times? Is it Patrick Waugh, Wayne Gretzky, or Mario Lemieux? Wah. And on this day in 2005, Wayne Gretzky made his
0: head coaching debut for which NHL team? The Edmonton Oilers, the Phoenix Coyotes,
3: or the New York Rangers?
1: New York Rangers.
3: Okay. Strong performance from Sean. We're waving Randy, and he's chatting with you, man out in the hall. I'm sure they're talking about the Cardinals-Dodgers tomorrow night. What's up, U-Man? <laughs> Randy's coming in. Sean, do you feel confident in the Cardinals as they take on the Dodgers tomorrow? Of
1: course. You'll never never bet against Wayno
3: You know what? I love that. A lot of people would say you never bet against Randy, though, Sean. So in this scenario, you well. may be the Dodgers. <laughs>
2: I've met Randy before and I'm not surprised he's probably gonna go four for four.
3: Randy, say good morning to Sean who you've met before.
2: Sean, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. No problem, sir.
3: Are you ready, Mr. Carricker? I'm ready. First fight in a long time. How you feeling about this? Okay.
2: Not great, but okay. We'll see.
3: Uh, Just a little tidbit of information Randy and I were in Green Bay over the weekend We were at Lambeau for Packers Steelers And as we're walking into the stadium We walk to a tailgate And as soon as Randy sets foot Into the tailgate area All I do is wind started playing It's like they knew he was coming So I don't know (laughs) if that's an omen Or if you just attract the song or what Randy But it happened All right, question number one for you Mr. Carricker. Happy 43rd birthday to former NFL quarterback ESPN college football analyst And of course your favorite and mine The newly named Bachelor host Jesse Palmer, Mm. I don't watch The Bachelor. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah, okay. I'm not against reality TV. I just can't get into it.
2: Nice guy, though. Really good guy. Met him at uh, Mizzou LSU a few years ago.
3: I met him at the network. Very nice. Palmer played college football for which school?
2: He was a Florida Gator. Do 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 go Gators.
0: Jesse and I were teammates at ESPN. We worked on uh, college football together. Cool. On this day in 2011, the Cardinals played the Phillies in NLDS game four. Mm. In the fifth inning of that game, the rally squirrel ran across the plate as Roy Oswalt threw a pitch to who?
2: Skip Schumacher. And then the, uh, I guess it's not famous, kind of infamous, uh, Chris Carpenter comment to Nick Punto and Gerald Laird. Hey guys, just give me a couple runs. (laughs) <laughs> Leg- and then game five happened
3: Legendary, <laughs> legendary Randy, who is the only player to have won the Conn Smythe Trophy three times?
2: Connie Smythe, eh? Hey. So you're the uh, finals MVP in the National Hockey League My guess would be that it's somebody that's been on a team that won at least three But I'm going to do the lifeline here just in case
3: Is it? Patrick Waugh is it Wayne Gretzky or is it Mario Lemieux?
2: Okay, I don't think it's Mario because I think he only won a couple of Stanley Cups. No, he won one at the end, but it, I don't think it was him. My first thought was Gretzky, but Wah. I think I'm going to go with Patrick Wah, the one with the Canadians, and then two with the uh, the Avalanche. I think I'm going to go Patrick Wah.
0: And on this day in 2005, Wayne Gretzky made his head coaching debut for
3: which NHL team?
2: The Coyotes.
3: This was a very close fight. Very close. Did Randy win in his return to the fight arena? Emily, let him know.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy!
1: still champion of the fight, Randy Character.
0: Brought to you by Optical Expressions, providing St. Louis with top quality eye care and eyewear since
2: 1997.
3: Win, 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 win. Oh, a new sounder. <laughs> Randy was
2: busy on vacation. Let's hear it
3: one more time.
2: Uh, we can do that. Win, win,
3: win, win. <laughs> can we get the other one just for old time's sake?
2: Sure. All I do is win.
3: I'm sorry, Sean. I'm so sorry. You got three right. Randy. Just... You might need to play that tomorrow. <laughs> Get a little journey action on a Wednesday. Sean, you got three correct, but Randy was in his bag per usual. He got all four correct. He got the jack. Jesse Palmer played college football for Florida. He was, in fact, a Gator. Roy Oswalt on this day in 2011 was throwing a pitch to Skip Schumacher, and the rally squirrel made his debut as he ran across the plate. The only player to have won three con Smythe trophies is Patrick Waugh, 86-93-2001. And on this day in 2005, Wayne Gretzky made his head coaching debut for the Phoenix Coyotes. Sean, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for playing great effort out of you, and we hope you have a great day.
5: Thank you. You
2: guys too. Thank you, Sean. We really do appreciate it. Oh, ho, ho. you know what that means? We've got Jason Aldean tickets on the line. Oh, yeah, we do. And this is a word for the phrase that pays. 101 want to ESPN with your chance to win a pair of tickets to Jason Aldean Saturday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, His uh, bringing his back in the saddle tour to Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. And what we're doing is giving you words for a phrase that pays that you will have the opportunity to tell us in the nine o'clock hour.
3: Yeah, you want to go out there, see Jason Aldean, be singing tattoos on this town at the top of your lungs? We've got the opportunity for that. Well,
2: and I'm telling you, if you don't listen to all three words, we'll blame it on you. (laughs) Okay. You'll just be home on Saturday driving that big green tractor rather than going to the concert.
3: No doubt. You're going to be at that concert till the lights come on. That's for sure.
2: No doubt about (laughs) it. And you know what? You get to this one, a little October, but it'll be nice and warm, a little more summertime.
3: Can you believe that we're here at postseason baseball time? It's crazy town.
2: It really is. I I mean, And think about it. Tomorrow night, Cardinals win. We'll have laughed until we cried.
3: Dodgers are going to be drowned with the whiskey, that's for sure.
2: Oh, man. But you know what? After that, you're going to say, I don't drink anymore.
3: Should we give the word?
2: (laughs) We should.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because we'll forget and we'll go down this spiral for a long time. The second word in the phrase that pays, you might have anticipated this one, is magic
2: magic. Mm, okay. But
3: you have to listen for the third word later on the show.
2: Yes, you do. Coming up on 101 ESPN, the guy who's doing the American League tonight for ESPN Radio, Xavier Scruggs, joins us on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. The American League Wild Card Game is tonight. You'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carriker, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Xavier Scruggs will uh, joins us now as he will have the call with Dave O'Brien. Xavier, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. How you doing?
4: Hey, Randy, Michelle, appreciate you having me. Uh, all is well over here. A little bit of AL wildcard craziness here in Boston. I'm excited for it, but I'm looking forward to the Cardinals and Dodgers as well.
2: Well, let's start with tonight, and we'll move on to the Cardinals and Dodgers. Uh, people are d- actually trying to predict how long this game is going to go. Normally, we wouldn't expect to see both of these teams in a wild card game. <laughs>
4: Yeah, this is uh, definitely going to be a long one. Um, You know, every out is is so every pitch is so important and so magnified, especially when you have Boston going against the Yankees. But um, for me, I think it starts with the starting pitching. It's going to be important for those guys and Garrett Cole and and Evaldi to really set the tone. But um, because both of these lineups are very, very powerful. So I think that's going to be one thing to watch for is how do both of these starters go about navigating powerful lineups?
3: And Xavier, when I'm looking at this matchup, I go right to where you just mentioned, which is the starting pitching, and you don't pay Garrett Cole three hundred plus million dollars for him to not come through in a situation like this. So I think there's a lot of there's got to be a lot of pressure on him, and subsequently the Yankees, knowing that he's the guy that they went out and got for this moment specifically.
4: Yeah, Michelle. This is why they gave him the big bag, and and he's earned it because of the way he's pitched throughout the course of his career. But for me, it's going to be important to see how he comes back um, after being hit up a, beat up a little bit in September. He wasn't the normal Garrett Cole that we got that we've seen for such a long period of time, um, especially after the hamstring injury as well. So, but there's there's few pitchers that you would rather have on the bump for an elimination game than Garrett Cole. And, and for me, it starts with his four seam fastball. He's got to be able to keep it at the top of the zone Um, anytime that he keeps it down uh, or or he misses down that's where he's susceptible to getting hit and then it's going to be the slider usage How, how does he go after hitters with that four seam and then using the slider with two strikes, putting hitters away, he's got to strike out batters today. But at the same time, be smart about the way he mixes up pitches. Um, and we know how powerful Boston's lineup is. So one one mistake, just one mistake, could be the uh, cost of a game today.
2: Xavier Scruggs will have the call on ESPN Radio tonight for the Red Sox and the Yankees. Xavier, the... Yankees have all these hitters, but they've been really inconsistent, and especially the two big guys with, with Judge and Stanton. How do you feel about where that offense for the Yankees is right now?
4: Yeah, uh, right now, Judge and Stanton are actually two of the hotter hitters on their team. So the inconsistency throughout the course of the year has now kind of shifted to where, okay, these are my big boppers. They seem to be doing what they're supposed to be doing at a time going into the playoffs, which is most important. So I think that's a great sign for the time being. But then also look at guys like Joey Gallo, who's been somewhat disappointing in his stint in the pinstripes um, because of, you know, whether it be him being a little bit more patient than he normally is. We know patience is important, but at the same time, he only swings at the first pitch 27% of the time. This is a guy that I feel like needs to take advantage of having a stand and a judge in the middle of the order and being a little bit more aggressive because he's not going to be the one pitched around. So I think it's a guy like him that starts to have a little bit more impact in a one-game playoff like today. Um, and the same goes for the and the the same goes for the other side, Boston's big guys as well. I look at a Kyle Swarber, a guy that's been brought over Um, from the Nationals, who's been exceptional, who's been a real big impact in the middle of that order. He's going to be an important piece in today's game. So those big boppers in the middle of the order, they have to show up today.
2: Hey, one more thing about this game, because coming into the season, we all thought that the Yankee bullpen was as good as it gets, but they've lost so many guys, and that's another part of their team that's been really inconsistent. Even the closer, Aroldis Chapman, if this game gets to the bullpen, and we all expect that it will, who has the advantage?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. And I still feel like the Yankees have the advantage um, just because of the arms that they have, even though they've been inconsistent at times, Boston's been just as inconsistent in the back of their bullpen. Barnes is still trying to find his way coming back um, uh, and trying to perfect what what he was doing early on in the middle of the season as their closer. So um, I look at the Yankees and a guy like a Jonathan Luizaga throwing 100 miles an hour late movement, um, King, Clay Holmes, and then Chapman now seem to be finding back to to his normal rhythm I feel like the Yankees have the advantage there that's why it's so important for a guy like Evaldi to go as deep as he can into this game that way they don't have to go to the bullpen and stretch those guys out and put the pressure on those guys so for me when it comes down to the bullpen I look at the Yankees having that advantage and and being able to take advantage of um, the late game situation
3: Xavier let's look forward to Cardinals Dodgers tomorrow night in the National League wild card game You've got two great pitchers in Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright going. But when you look at both of those guys and the way that they've been performing lately, which one do you think has the edge?
4: Oh, man, this is a tough one for me because both of those guys have had outstanding careers and both of them will show up tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. And and for me, I love the fact that Adam Wainwright gets the ball. uh, I'm sorry, um, yeah, tomorrow. So Adam Wainwright gets the ball. And uh, the the thing with Adam Wainwright, I've seen the adjustments he's made over the course of the year, right? The sinker was a pitch that was getting hit pretty hard over the past past couple of years. Now this has been such a more effective pitch for him that he doesn't always have to go to the curveball with two strikes. Um, The the curveball is something that he can use, you know, by surprise now because the sinker is a pitch that he's punching guys with too. And I see him going deep into this game because of the experience, because he's already been able to navigate uh, tough lineups like this throughout the course of the year. He's been the most consistent pitcher for the Cardinals. We know he's basically been the ace. We expected it to be Jack Flaherty, but Adam Wainwright has been the ace. And another thing too you think about the Cardinals as a whole this whole Cardinal team has been playing playoff games since the beginning of September they've been trying to get themselves to a point like this so I think that the pressure is relaxed a little bit with them knowing that they've already gotten themselves to this point and it's been tough to get there and having a guy like Adam Wainwright on that bump for some reason I want to give them the edge because of what they've done to get to this to get to this point.
2: All right, so the Cardinals get the edge tomorrow. What about tonight? Who do you like in tonight's game, Xavier?
4: Yeah, tonight I, I like the Yankees um, just because of how powerful that lineup is. Guys are starting to, I mentioned J- Judge and Stanton. Those guys are starting to swing the bat better and there's if there's one mistake on that Boston side. We know Evaldi he got beat up last time going against the Yankees. I could see if the Yankees had that same game plan going against him that they had last time I could see him coming out of the game early and the Yankees taking advantage of the Boston bullpen, putting some good swings together and the Yankees is are a team that are figuring some things out they just recently got done playing with the Rays they got smacked around a little bit two out of three so you understand okay these are the things that we need to work on and be better at going into the playoffs I think the Yankees make those adjustments I think they end up on top of this game uh, against the Red Sox
3: and Xavier let's look big picture who do you like to advance to the World Series
4: Oh yes, um, for me, I think the Yankees end up they winning this one. They end up facing a team in the Rays. I think the Rays take care of their business on the AL side, so I think the A's, I'm sorry, the Rays end up in the in the World Series on that side. And I think um, for me, on that National League side, it's going to be tough to get past the Giants. This is a team that's played so consistent all season. I think this is a team that ends up doing the same in the playoffs and finds themselves uh, for an opportunity at the World. Series.
2: And in addition to his great work on ESPN radio and on ESPN, Xavier Scruggs has a great podcast called The Bigs. How's that going?
4: Oh, the Bigs has been amazing. It's been an opportunity for me to talk to so many players in the game, and and, and even guys that have just recently, um, you know, made themselves stars in the game, like a like a Jack Flaherty. Um, so it was an opportunity for him to be a great first episode. But then I think of my last episode with the guy like Ozzie Smith, um, somebody who has a Hall of Famer who's had an amazing career, but also what he's done to give back to the community. What's he what he's done in that St. Louis? Community Community, the type of uh, the type of person that he is, and how he developed into that person from a early young age. The best thing about the Biggs podcast is I get to learn from all of these guys, and selfishly I get to take all this information and apply it into my own life. So I'm so happy about that opportunity to do the podcast for the Biggs. And you can find
2: that anywhere you get your podcasts and follow Xavier Scruggs on Twitter at Xavier underscore Scruggs. We will be tuned in tonight. Have a great broadcast, sir. Thanks so much for the time, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you, Randy, Michelle. Have a good one. You too. See you later. That's Xavier Scruggs. He will have the call tonight. The former Cardinal first baseman will be on ESPN Radio. And by the way, we actually have a Blues game against the Stars with a pregame at 6 o'clock, and we have Blues Wild 6 o'clock pregame tomorrow here on your Home of the Blues 101 ESPN. Coming up next, Harrison Bader had a very interesting and compelling read at the Players' Tribune, and we're going to talk about what we got out of it next on 101 ESPN. you go to the players tribune harrison bader has a great piece up and michelle if you read it it'll make you feel great as a cardinal fan
3: Absolutely, Randy. There's a lot of stuff that I, that I've highlighted through this piece, and it's called "All That Matters Is What's Happened Next" is what happens next. Excuse me, by Harrison Bader, and it's a really long and thoughtful piece about the streak that the Cardinals just completed—the 17-game win streak—the way that they finished the season, and them getting ready to face the Dodgers tomorrow in the postseason. And if you're a Cardinals fan you know what Cardinals baseball means to you. You understand the importance that it holds in our community and how big of a threat it is in the fabric of our lives here. And a lot of times, Randy, here in St. Louis, we just want athletes to get it. We want them to understand what Cardinals baseball means to us. And I'm going to read you a little portion of this from Harrison Bader because I don't know if you could better describe a player getting it than the way he wrote it in his Players' Tribune article. So he talked about the streak and he said, I think the best way to put it is this. If you're a ball player, there's simply nothing like pulling on that Cardinals jersey and going out and doing something special for the people of St. Louis. Someone who's never been to a game here when our team is really humming or guys in the league who've never played for the Cardinals, they wouldn't understand. They just wouldn't. And I don't hold it against them. I don't blame them for hearing talk about how special this city's bond with the Cardinals is or reading this article and being like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 whatever, because how could they know? It's not their fault. But let me try to make it as clear as I can. As somebody who is fortunate enough to suit up for this franchise and play in front of these fans, I really do believe that adds up to the ultimate honor in this game. And then when you have success and you're going full steam and you get on a roll and basically almost become one with the fans, for my money, there's just nothing that can compare. The fact that me and my teammates can bring joy, real legit joy, to the lives of the people in this city, I value and appreciate that so much. I hold that sacred.
2: That is so cool to hear, a guy that gets it. And clearly the Cardinals have a lot of guys. Nolan Arenado made it a point to get to St. Louis. We've talked to Adam Wainwright every week about how much he loves St. Louis. Yadier Molina goes to bat for St. Louis at every turn. But to have a guy put it into words like that and talk about the fact that it is sacred to him really is meaningful. And that 17-game winning streak— kind of embodied everything that he was talking about, how the bond between the community and the team is so strong and really developed during that streak.
3: It really did, and he talks about wearing that Jersey and how it means so much to him because it's representative of playing for something more than yourself and he goes on Randy to explain how the Cardinals right now have taken that even further Harrison Bader explains that when he was on the IL earlier in the season that he was struggling to get things going and that he kind of reframed his thinking throughout the season and he said the biggest thing for me was just to ask myself on a daily basis what my team needed from me it was like if I'm not hitting right now then forget it I'm gonna go and make a diving catch. I'm going to get dirty out there. I'll do anything I can to help. And then he goes on to say that even as late as mid-July when the Cardinals were still three or four games under 500, everyone on the team eventually hit a point where it was like, I don't care about my stats. I'm going to find a way to do at least one thing well for this team today to help us win. And Harrison Bader says when you have 26 guys with that mentality, winning gets contagious. It becomes all about how we fit into the puzzle together. And I think during that streak that 's exactly what you saw. You saw every single player on the team contributing in little ways there was There was a different hero. It felt like almost every single game
2: and it seems like. Something that we suspected as the Cardinals went through the 17-game streak has actually occurred is that the Cardinals have quit thinking about that high-level curriculum that we've talked so much about, that Mo talked with us about. And they've just gone back to being kids playing ball and finding a way to do something good to help their team win.
3: It's funny you said that because... These are his exact words, and that's exactly what I thought of was the high-level curriculum. He says when he was struggling to get things going with the bat after coming back and then scuffling again in August with overthinking everything and getting too mechanical, it's definitely been tough at times. And that's exactly what I thought of the high-level curriculum. A lot of guys, I think, were overthinking things too much. And it seems like... Whatever they did to allow themselves to be freed mentally and just rely a little bit more on their instincts and their talents, it certainly paid off for them.
2: And for him to say, I don't care about my stats, I'm just trying to find a way to help the team win. Sometimes you have to defer. And what we're talking about here, when he says, I don't care about my stats, that's the magic of baseball is that. If there's a runner at second with nobody out, you had a ground ball to the right side to move the runner over. And it's not an easy thing to do, and it's certainly not going to help you make more money, but it's something that helps your team come away with a victory. And the Cardinals... Have done a great job of that, whether it was in the clinching game last week, Wainwright getting down the sacrifice bunt, the the squeeze bunt, or Arenado hitting a ball to the right side to move her on or over. You do have to sacrifice your own stats for the betterment of the team in this sport, and that's something that it does appear that the Cardinals are doing. And I don't know if this is at the behest of Mike Schilt or if they've taken it upon themselves to do it, but they are sacrificing for the greater good.
3: Absolutely. Harrison Bader pulled the curtain back a little bit more into how the guys are feeling in the clubhouse during this time. And we watch the games. We see Harrison Bader bringing that energy every day. He looks like he's having the time of his life, Mm -hmm. that he's having so much fun. And he talked about how that winning is contagious and how loose the guys have been in the clubhouse. And he said that the fun fact, it's been more evident in someone like Goldie. This is Harrison Bader's exact words. He says, that guy, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have been around him for three seasons now, and I truly do idolize him as a teammate. He's an amazing baseball player and amazing athlete, but I've never seen that guy smile more than he has in this past month. I've never seen him laugh more or make more jokes, and then he locks in like crazy at game time. In a lot of ways, it's just emblematic of where we all are right now, and it's something we can continue to build on. Everyone is taking the pressure off of themselves And that's enabled us to come up big at the exact right moment
2: when you laugh and you're happy, you're looser and you can't be tense playing baseball that people talk about squeezing the sawdust out of the bat. No, you have to be loose. And if if you're laughing and if you're having a good time, you're loose. And that's exactly where the Cardinals have been for the month of September and hopefully into October.
3: It's it's a mindset that we feel it's just radiating from this team when we watch the games earlier in the year. If the Cardinals had and were heading into the ninth inning with a lead, you didn't feel confident. All the time that they would be able mm-hmm. to maintain it or hold on to it, whereas now the Cardinals could be down five runs heading into the ninth inning, and you just have this feeling that they're going to find a way to figure it out or win the game. And a lot of that comes with winning seventeen games in a row, but it just feels like they're they're doing the little things right, and you have confidence in them. And there, there's two more points that I want to get to, Randy. In this Players' Tribune article by Harrison Bader. So he talked about the streak and how it doesn't really matter that they've put that behind them, that all that matters is what comes next starting with this game versus the Dodgers. And he says the teams that they're going to play, they don't care about the winning streak and they're not going to be scared to play worse against the Cardinals because they won a bunch of games last month. And I, I think that's something we as fans talk about is, oh, I bet the Dodgers are intimidated because the Cardinals have all this momentum. I bet the guys in that clubhouse in L.A. aren't even really thinking about that. They're looking at matchup to matchup up what they need to do to beat the cardinals and yeah the cardinals got hot down the stretch this is a dodgers team that won over 100 games and are the defending world series champions they're not going to be intimidated by a winning streak and harrison bader is absolutely correct
2: they are absolutely in la thinking that they are the team to beat in this game because they did win 106 and they think that they're the best team in baseball they're the defending world champions they should feel that way
3: and finally harrison bader talks about the reasons that they have confidence heading into this game. We mentioned uh, the the winning. We mentioned everyone pulling the rope the same way, the looseness in the clubhouse. But he says that... Everyone in the clubhouse feels confident for two reasons, and that's Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. He says he goes on to talk about Adam Wainwright, how he's been the standard and the consistent guy that you've looked to this season and that Yadier Molina just exudes presence, he says, is he's the calmest, coolest cat that I've ever met. And these are Harrison Bader's words, and I bet every person in that clubhouse feels the same way about Waino and Yadi He says, I trust them completely, and I would never bet against them leading this team to the pinnacle of our profession.
2: They've earned that the the leaders and the veterans on this Cardinal team, specifically Wainwright and Molina, have earned that, and it's nice to see a player with a lot of swagger come in and understand that. And taking nothing away from Tommy Pham, who was and is a great player, but I I wonder if sometimes other players heard Tommy Pham say, "Well, Waino said his thing, and Yachty said his thing, and I said my thing," and In baseball, in the clubhouse, deference is a big thing. Being deferential to players of that ilk is important. And I wonder if there's a greater appreciation for a guy like Bader, who does appreciate that leadership, as opposed to Pham, who felt like he should be part of that club, too.
3: I'm sure. If you're looking to Wayno and Yadi, who've been there before, why wouldn't you defer to them? Not only are they the elder statesmen on this team, and they've been with this organization for many years, they have won before. They understand mm-hmm. what it takes to get to to the final game with the confetti falling. Harrison Bader talked about Yadi or Molina and how he never gets rattled. He always stays cool. So if I'm a younger player in that situation, even if I'm playing extremely well or I have all the confidence in the world in myself, I have never crossed that threshold. So why? wouldn't would Would I not defer to the two guys who have done it before?
2: Exactly. And I love this last paragraph. When you have all of St. Louis behind you, pulling for you like crazy, showing the love and support that our fans are known for, this team, all of us in that clubhouse, we can feel unstoppable sometimes. And you know what? That just feels like one of those times to me.
3: Because that's how we feel right now. Yeah. It really is how we feel. And I'm so glad that the players feel that same way. You want you as a fan, isn't that all you want is when you're going to the ballpark and you're cheering on your team like crazy and you're pouring all of your energy and your emotions and your time and your money into a team. You want them to understand how important it is. You want them to get it. And when I read that yesterday, I thought, gosh, every single word of this is it's like the gospel of Cardinals baseball to mm-hmm. a fan. They, this is exactly what they want to read heading in to this game versus the Dodgers, because this team is not only confident, but they get it. They yeah. really do get it.
2: That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And you can read that piece at theplayerstribune.com. Hey, attention, Scott Air Force Base. Join the lane next Thursday, October 14th, for a special military appreciation live broadcast from two to six for service members their families and anyone currently on base. It's a special Fastlane Military Appreciation live broadcast next Thursday from 2 to 6 at Scott Air Force Base, brought to you by Budweiser and Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, a little bit more of uh, your takes. We also want to talk a little bit about the Red Sox and Yankees AL wildcard preview and what we saw and what we thought of Green Bay next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: It is 9.04 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you. And tonight, the American League wildcard game. And a lot goes into this game, obviously. But one of the notable things that we'll keep an eye on throughout the course of the day is that J.D. Martinez remains a question mark for the Red Sox because of an ankle injury, a sprained left ankle that he suffered in the fifth inning when he tripped over the second-base bag while jogging out to right field in the regular season finale on Sunday. During the season, he was spectacular. One of their key hitters, 286, 349, 518, 28 homers, and 99 RBIs. And if J.D. Martinez is not in the middle of that lineup, Michelle, that's a lot like the Cardinals losing Nolan Arenado
3: big problem for that big problem who do you like heading into this game
2: i kind of like the team that has the the stud on the mound and not to to denigrate anything that nathan Ivaldi has done but garrett cole is the guy and he's been there in the biggest moments for houston and i I think i would take cole in pretty much any american league pitching pairing
3: that's what i keep coming back to too and i know that sounds like we're simplifying it so much but
2: playoff baseball
3: it is playoff baseball and you if you're the Yankees, got Garrett Cole for a situation like this so that you could have a shutdown starter that you have confidence in going into a game like this. And that's why you pay him $300-plus plus million is for him to deliver in moments like this.
2: And in addition to that, The Yankees are paying big money to Giancarlo Stanton, and they're going to pay big money to Aaron Judge. And as we heard Xavier Scruggs say, those guys have been electric during the month of September. We talk about the great job that the Cardinals have done in September. When you look at Giancarlo Stanton, who's spent so much of his career being injured, especially in New York, but before that with Miami. But you look at what he was able to accomplish in September and October. Uh, 275 batting average, 310 on base, 587 slug for an 898 OPS. But he hit 10 home runs in just 116 plate appearances. 10 homers, 26 RBIs, and he killed the Red Sox down the stretch.
3: And it's the game's at Fenway, which is conducive mm-hmm. to hitters like Stanton and Judge.
2: Yeah, the first Stanton was the first player in their last series into Boston to hit three homers and have 10 RBIs in a three-game series against the Red Sox. Yikes. So that's another thing that they have to concern themselves with. And Ivaldi was great a couple of years ago, three years ago now, when they won the World Series. But the Boston bullpen does concern me. Even though the Yankees don't have everybody that they planned on having, they traded Luis Sessa during the year. They lost Zach Britton to an injury. But they've still got guys down there. They've got Chapman at the end. Lois Iga throws 100 miles an hour. They've got a lot of good elements in that bullpen. So if Cole does get knocked out... I think their ability to pitch the last 12 outs in New York is greater than Boston's ability to get the last 12 outs if Ivaldi should get knocked out in the 5th.
3: Another factor that everyone is looking at during this game Randy is how long it could take because these Yankees Red Sox games have stretched on into what feels like eternity. How long do you think this game might go?
2: I'm going to say if it's a 9 inning game that it goes 409.
3: 409. Gosh, I hope it's not longer than
2: that. That's <laughs> the problem with baseball now is you've got so many people trying to take walks And if I'm not mistaken, these two teams are two of the top three in seeing pitches this season. I believe the Yankees saw the most pitches, then Houston, then Boston. So you've got guys that are trying to get walks. They aren't going up there with the idea of swinging the bat, and that will cause the game to be somewhat boring.
3: And I wonder if that's what nationally a lot of people might be talking about tomorrow morning because so many people are going to be tuned into this game. This is something that you've seen in a lot of Red Sox-Yankees games this season and a lot of other baseball games this season but when you have people who maybe haven't been paying that much attention to baseball all of a sudden locked in during the playoffs Mm -hmm. and this is the only thing that people are going to be watching tonight you're going to probably see a lot of complaints on social media about the length of the game and i wonder if that's something that's going to have any sort of influence towards rob manfred and something he might have to deal with in the offseason maybe a pitch clock who
2: knows it could be and a pitch clock would not be a bad thing but some of the highest rated games in the history of the sport were the 03 and 04 championship series between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Aaron Boone hit the home run in 03 to send the Yankees to the World Series. And then obviously, in '4, the Red Sox rally from the three game deficit, three, three, nothing to come back, beat the Yankees and then beat the Cardinals in the World Series. This is still really compelling because we don't have much of a history with Cards, Cubs in the playoffs. It's better than that. Those two series Mm -hmm. are better than that. The Dodgers and Giants, this will be the first time that they've seen each other in a playoff series. In terms of two of the transcendent franchises in baseball playing against each other in the playoffs, this is the one that works because this is the only one that we have a history for.
3: For sure. And to think if you're a baseball fan, that tonight you get... Red Sox Yankees in a playing game, essentially. And then you get Cardinals Dodgers after that. Mm-hmm. Four franchises that are legacy franchises with a lot of postseason history, two teams that are obviously rivals in the Yankees and Red Sox. And then you have the Cardinals and Dodgers that have had a lot of postseason history over the past couple years. It's great. This is if you're baseball Yes, you have the number 1 and number 2 markets that could potentially get punched out within the first two games of the postseason, but if you want eyeballs on your game, you couldn't ask for four better teams to be in these in this situation if you're baseball.
2: No, it's amazing. It'll be a lot of fun. That's Michelle. I'm Randy, and that is today's big thing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, you're killing me, Smalls. We are right back to
1: the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: There it is. You might have the opportunity to win some Jason Aldean tickets because 101 ESPN has your chance to win that pair of Jason Aldean tickets for Saturday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, bringing his Back in the Saddle 21, 2021 Tour. Tickets on sale now. And that sound <laughs> means that we have the final word in today's Phrase That Pays.
3: The final word in the Phrase That Pays... Time. So you have to text in the entire phrase right now to 65780 for your chance to snag those Jason Aldean tickets. Randy, what number texter should we choose today?
2: In honor of the Cardinals winning 90 games, let's go with number 90. Awesome. Texture number 90 to 65780. If you have the phrase that pays, you'll get the Jason Aldean tickets for Saturday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. It is time now for...
3: You're killing me, Smalls. Well, Randy, I think we should start here because it's your first day back mm-hmm. after a, a week and a day because you were out yesterday of vacation and it's not the first time i'm seeing you though i saw you over the weekend we were both in green bay we went to lambeau for the steelers packers game the packers ended up prevailing 27 to 17 but i don't know about you but that was the first outside of the super bowl that i covered when i was at espn that's the first nfl game i've been to since the rams left
2: is that right yeah so i've been to a couple of games up there but The atmosphere never fails to get me excited. It's like being at a college football game. And if you ever have the opportunity, if you're a sports fan, even if you hate the NFL... It's a great bucket list item to do because, A, it's what the NFL should be. Every NFL franchise should strive to have what Green Bay has in their parking lot before the game and on game day. Not to say that it's not corporate. There is a lot of corporate activity Mm -hmm. that goes on there. But the tailgating, the fun, the tradition is fantastic. And the other part of it is that when you go there, It feels like, if you're a sports fan, one of those religious sports experiences. It's just really cool.
3: It's a a bucket list place, Lambeau. And if you go there, be sure to go to the Packers Hall of Fame, which is outstanding. Hot take. I thought it was better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Mm. I thought that the way that it was constructed and uh, just, just the look of it and the way you walked through it and got to read so much about the franchise and some of the items that they had in there were amazing. But it reminded me, Randy, a lot of going to a Cardinal Game here in St. Louis because anyone you talk to or anything that you see or read, you understand the importance of the Packers to those people. You understand the history there and how much Packers fans love their team. And we're sitting there in the stands and we're talking to everybody, and they wanted to make sure that we had the best time, whether it was the tailgate that we went mm-hmm. to or the people in the stands. And I feel like that's kind of how Cardinals fans are. If they are sitting by someone at Bush Stadium that's coming in from out of town, you want to give them recommendations. Be sure to go here and get a bite to eat. Have you tried this? What do you think about Bush Stadium? It, it just had a lot of shades of St. Louis and of, the, of Cardinals fans for me. Maybe that's our Midwest sensibilities and our, our friendly nature, but it was a great time.
2: And sometimes you see videos of NFL games where they have huge brawls In the stands, yeah,
3: you do. You see that a lot.
2: Out West, here you can take a family to Lambeau Field, and even if you are a Steeler fan going into and you're wearing your Steeler gear going into Lambeau, you can feel safe, and you can bring your your Steeler kids because that's the sort of atmosphere they foster. It's a great time.
3: This is going to sound so weird, but you know what I'm I really missed and. Going to Bush Stadium A lot of times You and I are sitting In the press box Mm -hmm. So we're not getting A fan experience That was the first Real true fan experience I had had in a long time Where I just got to Absorb the environment Coming out of the pandemic You know what I didn't Realize how What I missed a lot Is high-fiving strangers Yeah Because we were obviously Rooting for the Packers Because we were there And It's the team that I think we identify with A lot because of ownership And and just the way that the Packers fans are But when they would score a touchdown Everybody would go nuts and you're high-fiving strangers And in a year in which fans Weren't allowed at ballparks And we were isolated in a lot of ways That just brought me so much joy And I thought about what it was probably like for fans down the stretch here for the Cardinals at a packed Busch Stadium. Mm-hmm. Your team is rolling, everyone around you is cheering for for the same common goal. You're high fiving strangers. Sports is the great connector and it's the great equalizer. And I forgot how much I missed that.
2: That's a great point, and it is something that we all need to get back to. And by the way, the drive to Green Bay is not bad. Little traffic on the way out, especially for this game because it, they've got a gold package for people in Milwaukee. That they get to buy tickets for So there was traffic between Green Bay and Milwaukee But the drive from St. Louis to Green Bay and back Not bad at all
3: And I have to tell you, I sat right next to some Steelers fans Who did not have a great time Not because of Lambeau or the way they were treated by Packers fans But because of the performance from their team And there was a lot of talk in the stands, Randy, about Big Ben And if it's time
2: It's time, yeah It's probably past time But a Steeler fan made the point that I was talking to, since the 11-0 start last year, they've gone 2-8. and eight. Ooh. Yeah. So not great.
3: Not great. And meanwhile, Packers fans are watching Aaron Rodgers, and week one seemed to be like such an outlier for him, and their team looks great.
2: Yeah. Somebody who was a Rams fan here told me that Rodgers and Warner are the two guys that they've seen where you go into a game and say, okay, well, that guy can win the game for us.
3: It's a pretty good feeling to yeah. have. You're killing me, Smalls. I want to read you a a headline, Randy, from Pro Football Talk and then read you the first sentence. So, NFL files emergency appeal to move Rams relocation lawsuit out of St. Louis. Clearly, I'm going Mm -hmm. to click on that. Here's the first sentence of the article from Pro Pro Football Talk. Excuse me. The NFL wants to move the trial regarding the relocation of the Rams out of St. Louis almost as badly as the NFL wanted to move the Rams out of St. Louis.
2: (laughs) It's not wrong. No, it's not. And... So they want to move the trial because they're worried about having a jury of people that are mad that the Rams left St. Louis, yet in their relocation proposal, they said that nobody in St. Louis cared about the Rams. So Hmm. the, the NFL and their attorneys said, well... We, we aren't supported. Nobody in St. Louis cares about us. It's only a Cardinals town. They don't care about us. And that was part of the reason that the Rams were allowed to leave town. And now they're saying they cared about us so much that we can't get a jury of our peers that doesn't hate us because of us moving the Rams. That doesn't seem to make sense. I, I can't get the connection there. There's a level of inconsistency from the league in making that statement.
3: Yeah, it is a head scratcher because they've the NFL has filed an emergency appeal appeal of the trial judge's recent decision not to move the trial to a different county in Missouri where the jurors wouldn't be residents of St. Louis because they are very, very steadfast in saying that the NFL can't get a fair trial in St. Louis. But yeah, your entire argument for moving was based on the fact that this was a Cardinals town and that no other pro franchises could really exist and that you weren't getting the, the fan support that you needed or the support from the city. But now you're saying that the passion is there so much that you can't get a fair trial. But yet, only a few years ago, you wanted out of town so badly because no one cared about you? It makes no sense. One po- plus one is not equaling two here, Randy.
2: Come on, league attorneys. Let's make sense. Come on. Let's let's be sensible about this. You know what would be the if there was any nobility on the part of the National Football League? Well,
3: I'm going to stop you right there. No.
2: <laughs> if there was. Um, remember in the movie, have you ever seen Animal House? I have, Yes. And Flounder's car gets beat up and Otter says to him, you blanked up. You trusted us. If the NFL would just say that, just say, hey, you blanked up. You trusted us. And the, OK, we did. You're right.
3: Yeah. If, <laughs> if they held an emergency press conference, instead of filing an emergency appeal, yeah. maybe if they held an emergency presser and said, hey, we're the worst. (laughs)
6: Right.
3: We broke all of our own guidelines. We totally played you. Just Actually, we played Stan. We were talking about this this weekend. Did Jerry Jones play Stan Kroenke like a fiddle or what?
2: Boy, did he win on that one.
3: Jerry Jones is collecting all of this money from legends because he was the one that convinced Stan Kroenke and then essentially whipped the votes from the owners to get Cronky to put foot the bill for the stadium in L.A., which therefore caused the ripple effect of the, of the Chargers and the Raiders. But Jerry Jones gets all the credit for being the guy that brought football back to L.A. He gets the credit, not Stan, for being the guy that initiates all of this. And he's collecting all of the money from legends because of these stadiums and his role in staffing and helping build the stadiums. And he's not taking as much heat as Stan, nor does he have to deal with the financial. Financial headaches. The story we're going to talk about next. When there was lightning delays, Jerry Jones is not on the hook for that. It's all Stan Kroenke
2: and Legends. Not only benefiting from selling the PSLs and the tickets in LA, but that entire development is something that Legends is making money off of. That entire whatever 360 acre development with all the residential and all the businesses. Part of that money is going into Jerry Jones' pocket.
3: And it's all because he convinced Stan to do this.
2: Yeah, it's amazing.
3: It is. And, you know, he'll have hopefully some retribution coming because of this lawsuit. But even then, he's not the primary target. Stan's yeah. going to have to absorb way more of the money than Jerry will. And it, he's probably remarkable. making out on this big time. Even oh, with yeah. the lawsuit, well, he's going to make out
2: heavily. And beyond that, he's getting money from the Raiders, too. Because he's So the Raiders being forced to go to Vegas also benefits Jerry Jones because Legends is selling their tickets and suites too. Big time.
3: You're killing me, Smalls. And finally, what I was alluding to, so at the start of the Chargers home game last night at SoFi Stadium versus the Raiders, Raiders was delayed due to lightning strikes in the area. Yes, it is a dome. And the game was slated to kick off at 8.15, ended up kicking off at 8.50 because of lightning in the area.
2: Five billion dollars. You would think that you would have a roof that is protected from lightning. You would just think that. If it were the unusable Edward Jones dome, (laughs) you'd be protected from lightning if there were lightning outside.
3: Yeah, there's many an inclement weather situation here in St. Louis.
2: he spent $5 billion. By the way, you didn't realize that they have earthquakes in Los Angeles and that's one of the reasons that you had to spend 5 billion dollars you didn't realize that there were fl- planes flying overhead you were 5 miles from an airport that's another reason that you had to spend 5 billion rather than a billion and a half now you've got your stadium done and you've got a roof and you have lightning strikes and you have to delay the game. I have never, I will tell you this, Michelle. I've never been inside my home and had a lightning storm outside and been worried about being struck by lightning.
3: I have not either.
2: And my home didn't cost $5 billion.
3: No, and you would think with the pandemic and the delays in getting that stadium done, that they would have used that time wisely and really thought through every possible issue that they had.
2: I don't think they're wise I think they have a lot of money, but I don't know if they're really wise. Mm. Yeah, Uh, that was great. Thank you. And you're going to head out. You have a doctor's appointment? I do. Yes.
3: So I will see you tomorrow.
2: Sounds great. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And that's your Killing Me Smalls. Next up, we're going to head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Mike Claiborne getting ready for Cards, Dodgers tomorrow. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and
1: Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Congratulations to Mark from Baldwin. He knew the phrase that pays today, which was... Devil magic time. Devil magic time. That's what it is for the Cardinals. Devil magic time as they play in L.A. tomorrow. And don't forget, you can join Michelle Friday from 5 to 7 at Copper Fire in Belleville, Illinois. Come out before the hockey game. Enjoy 16 drought taps. All served ice cold specialty slushies, including the new Gloria cocktail slushie. It's all happening Friday from 5 to 7 with Michelle at Copper Fire. Get more details at 101ESPN.com. Let's go now to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And Mike Claiborne has boots on the ground. as it were, in L.A., where the Cardinals will play the wild card game against the Dodgers tomorrow night, a workout today. Uh, Michael, always great to have you with us. How you doing?
5: I'm doing well, just uh, ready to get out here and see some baseball. We've got a workout later today, and um, I'm just ready. I mean, you. Know, I don't think, Randy, anybody plays 162 games just to play 163. So while we're here, we might as well stay in California for the rest of the week.
2: No doubt. And as we know, last night you had the rain delay or the weather delay for the Chargers and the Raiders. Is the weather going to be fine? Was last night just an aberration?
5: Yeah, I think so. Um, and it was really kind of hokey out here because we're not far from, uh, SoFi Stadium, and when we were coming in, you know, you can see it from the air, and it, you can't miss it, but we saw the clouds rolling in, and then the lightning in the clouds, and I was like, that's that's odd, because, you know, as many years as I've come to California, I don't think I can, I can recall it raining maybe once or twice,
4: mm-hmm.
5: but yesterday was really kind of eerie. And I was telling, I don't know, maybe, you know, it was Mike Schultz. I said, I bet the grounds crew doesn't even know where the tarp is at the <laughs> Dodger Stadium. I mean, it, it's so rare. But uh, it's my understanding the rain has moved out of the area, and we should be good to go tomorrow.
2: I know a lot of us are talking about, and we should, how dominant the Dodgers have been. But, Mike, I I go back just to that uh, 2011 team, which I don't think was as talented as this team. Granted, they had Chris Carpenter. But the 2011 Cardinals won 90 games, just like the 2021 Cardinals. And in five games, they took Philadelphia that had won 102 games. The postseason is such a random thing, isn't it? You just never know what's going to
5: happen. It it really is. Uh, It's truly the ultimate crapshoot. You know, it only takes one pitch to go wrong, and all of a sudden you're playing catch-up, and some teams panic or whatever. But um, some people love this situation. I don't. I just think it just says, you know, how anything can happen and can cost cost you your season. But, you know, everybody kind of dissects this thing in different ways. You know, do you add another? Do you keep more pitching? Do you have another bat? You know, how long do you stay with a guy? I mean, there's so many things that a manager can actually control that it, it makes it maybe the most fun event there is. I mean, it's the ultimate game seven, and it's only game one.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting when you look at the Cardinals beyond the the position players that they had the the bench of Newt Bar Carpenter Rondone. Uh, let's throw Sosa in there because it's been DeYoung starting and Kisner, The Cardinals really don't have position players beyond that bench to add in. They don't have any drawn Chambers this year.
5: No, no, and you know that's something that's been you know, a concern all year. I mean, you know, they brought up Newbar and that's the last guy from Memphis that's been able to contribute offensively, you know, in the field. And, you know, that's kind of unusual for the Cardinals. You know, there was always some guy who either gave you speed or maybe gave you, he was a hot bat in the minors, but they don't have that. So we're going to, deal with what we have and I don't know if that's enough or not but I guess we're going to find out.
2: Tommy Edmond has had some success against Scherzer in the past and like that series against Philadelphia I could see the top of the order making an impact tomorrow and especially him against a guy like Scherzer
5: Yeah I agree Um, you know it's kind of like the way way Matt Adams and Matt Carpenter had Kershaw's uh, number when they faced him You know, and I think if Edmund can do some things early and force Scherzer's hand, if if that's possible, uh, who knows where it can go. And and I think the Dodgers also feel the same way with with Wainwright. Mm -hmm. You know, Wainwright has been, he hasn't been as sharp as he was, let's say, three outings ago. And maybe the Dodgers feel like they can answer his bell as well. So it's going to be cat and mouse. I I really believe it. But, you know, I think really what's going to come down to is the benches, and, and, you know, somebody's going to face Albert at some point late in the ball game, And the Cardinals have to figure out what pinch hitter is going to face one of their very good relievers. And if you're a guy who come, who's coming off the bench, all you need to do is worry about how am I going to face one of their relief pitchers? Because this is where you have to play like Whitey used to. You know, yep. Whitey would let guys know, hey, you're going to face this guy in the seventh inning, so this is a guy you need to be ready for. Yeah. So if you're a player today with all the information that's available, you have to not only narrow down who you're going to face, you also have to narrow down what, what does that pitcher have and what, is, what did he throw the last time out. Don't worry about what the record says because everybody's tired. everybody's maybe has a sore arm, so maybe he's got a pitch. That maybe he normally is accustomed to using it. Maybe because he's got a blister or a hangnail or whatever, mm-hmm. he's not going to use. So it, I think, man, this is the ultimate chess game between player and and pitcher and manager and manager. I, I'm, I'm loving it but I'm scared to death of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, and that's what the playoffs are all about. By the way, yeah. I just want folks to, to know, I mentioned, mentioned Edmund, four for nine in his career, 444, a double and a homer against Scherzer with a 1389 OPS. So not a huge sample size, but he has succeeded against him. Mike, you mentioned Albert. With Muncie out, you think Albert, even against the right-hander, could start tomorrow?
5: You know, I think they may go with Bellinger at first. Only because of the fact that he started to play our hair better and he's a left handed bat and um the fact that his shoulder is maybe not what it needs to be. I, I think he might see Bellinger. Uh but it wouldn't shock me to see Albert, but man, if I'm if I'm Davy Roberts, I, I have Albert sitting there just waiting that at bat and seeing what he can do against one of the Cardinal relievers. And I like that matchup if I'm the Dodgers more than having him face Wayne up.
2: Yeah, he's just waiting to see Cabrera. Then Cabrera or McFarland, right? That's yeah, the yeah. the the spot. The the only real spot for for Albert.
5: And, and you know, you've seen it like Cardinal fans have. Albert is one of the best guys at playing possum. You know, Cabrera throws him a change up, and he oh, where'd that come from? You know, he remember how I used to buckle like oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, where did yep. that pitch come from? And then all of a sudden, you know, three pitches later, Cabrera says, "Oh, I'm going to show him something." And he throws the next pitch, and all of a sudden he's using new baseball because that one's hit about 450 feet. (laughs) And this is where Yachty comes into play because Yachty knows Albert as well as anybody. And maybe it's not a matchup between Albert and Carrera or McFarley. It might be a matchup with Albert and Yachty in knowing each other and knowing what the other guy might want to call or whatever. I just think this is going to be so much fun.
2: Hey, Mike, what was the vibe around the team? And obviously, they're in the playoffs. They should be excited. But over the last couple of days, as they played the Cubs and then on the flight out, what was it like?
5: Loose but professional. Um, You know, they're all approaching it. And and fortunately, you have Lester, you have Wayno and Yachty and and guys that have been around for a bit. Uh, You know, they weren't too gregarious gregarious as far as, you know, coming out here, I think they all know that they have a job to do. And, you know, everybody kind of has in the back of their mind, you know, my season could be over tomorrow, but, you know, I am going to come out here and play and have fun and do everything that got me here. And I think the one thing that helps them, that winning streak really brought them together as far as how they are prepared. You know, and guys want to do extra work. And I'll give you a good example. Saturday, game 161, you know what they were doing? They were having pitcher fielding practice
4: before <laughs> the great.
5: game on a Saturday. Now, you know, you've been around, Randy. Guys don't even take batting practice on Saturdays late in the season. But that's how committed they were. And, and I, I, I give them a lot of credit, not only for doing it, but they were going through the drills like, and I guess, well, I don't know. Well, we don't have anybody around other than Yachty and Wayno because all we have to do is show them what happened with Detroit in 2006 when they obviously didn't have enough PFP. But, you know, it's that sort of dedication that you have to appreciate, and it just gives you a feeling like everybody's on the same page. Yeah.
2: Perhaps, well, let's say this. Nolan Arnato is as dedicated as anybody. And I don't know if being fired up and excited can benefit him, but he grew up going to games at Dodger Stadium. His friends and family are going to be there. If there's a guy that can succeed even more because he's excited about the environment, it's going to be Nolan Arnato.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I know you talked to him like I did um, after they clinched, and just his energy and the fact that not only is he in postseason, but you know what, he's on a really good team. And um, that that's going to fire him up. And, you know, you got Newt Barr who's going home for the first time, and Tommy Edmonds, a California guy. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have a lot to play for because – you know, San Diego was a different situation than this because we're now in Los Angeles, okay, the Dodgers. I mean, the Mecca of baseball on the West Coast. And it just it just has a different feel about it. And I think that everybody's looking forward to it. But I think everybody's got the professional approach, okay? I'm here. I know why I'm here. And I'm just going to do my job, worry about this game one inning to the next.
2: Mike, I'll make my prediction this way. Enjoy your seafood dinner on Thursday night in San Francisco.
5: I already booked a reservation at Comas. <laughs> That's so my, That's my man. <laughs> I, I bet. Listen, I got enough underwear to take me through the weekend, so we're good to go.
2: Love it. And uh, we will see you back here during the DS. Hey, thanks so much for getting up early in L.A. Have a great day out there.
5: All right, man. Take care. By the way, Joe West is working our, our series. I was spent some, he and I and Bob Nightingale spent some time together last night. Oh, what a night of stories. I'll
2: bet. Holy cow, that's great. And what a funny guy he is.
5: You know what he is, and I'm really happy for him. Uh, You know, Joe's been a good friend over the years, and I know he catches some heat from time to time. But you know what? This guy's done more for baseball and these umpires behind the scenes and charities than anybody would ever imagine. And married a St. Louis girl. That's another reason why he's a good guy.
2: Yeah. All right, Michael, take care. Thanks a lot. All right, Randy. Take care. Yeah, that's my guy. That is uh, Mike Claiborne joining us on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to cross things over with Danny Mack, the Danny Mac Show featuring BK, coming up on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: McLaughlin getting ready for the Danny Mac show featuring BK coming up here on 101 ESPN. How you doing? I'm doing
6: well. Welcome back from your uh, well-deserved vacation Thank and uh, Green Bay. You were all
2: over the place, man. Yeah, played some golf. Got out to Green Bay. It was It was fun. Hey, one of my favorite stats in baseball, Dan, is that in the long storied history of the Cardinals Dodgers rivalry, the Cardinals have won a thousand and thirty three games, yeah. and the Dodgers have won a thousand and thirty six. It's pretty amazing, and it's <laughs> uh, you know two franchises
6: you all well know, Randy, that have been rich in uh, history of, in terms. of of tradition um i think the uniforms are classic yep. uh the name is classic you've been built on pitching defense occasionally you get those superstars that roll in it's it's pretty cool so um winner take all tomorrow night and um should be fun I, I, you know what people have asked me what do you think is going to happen i have no idea i don't think anybody does but it's a winner take all it's a one gamer and as it, cliche
2: as it gets Anything can happen. We never got a chance to experience it. But can you imagine what it must have been like to have Gibson versus Koufax and Gibson versus Drysdale? You you mentioned pitching and defense, but you go back to the 60s and the the pitching that these two teams had, it was ridiculous. Can you imagine what it was
6: like? Uh, You're the Cardinals and you're making your West Coast swing and you got Koufax, you got Drysdale, Juan Marichal, uh, Perry for a while. I mean, it was... Ridiculous! Yeah, you never had an easy mark no. when you went out to the coast. That's what makes I think tomorrow really cool. What if both guys are on? What what if Max Scherzer is Max Scherzer and Waino is uh, you know has one of his really good starts that he's had this year? And you have a pitcher's duel, and it comes down to one run, one
2: mistake, one swing may happen. You don't yeah. know, and that's why I keep bringing up Tommy Edmond because I do think the top of the order, some speed, some manufacturing of runs, can make a difference. Hey, I know the Dodgers can manufacture runs too, the, especially at the top with Betts and Turner, uh, Betts, Seeger, Turner, they can do it too. But if the Cardinals are going to win, I think they're going to need to have that. I think it changes if Muncy
6: is unavailable. I haven't heard whether or not he is definitely out I for tomorrow. I um, but he's he's provided a lot. of You know, they moved down Turner in their lineup, and then you look at the production that and uh, that Muncy's given them, and then protection behind Turner. So you have to pitch to him. Um, I also reflect on the deal that the Dodgers made to get Scherzer and Turner, and I'm thinking, I don't care what they gave up. It
2: wasn't enough. Those two guys are awesome. And you think about that one, because I had said earlier in that week that my dream trade was for the Cardinals. You You had to get those two guys. And the Cardinals could have offered Gorman... And Libertor, their top two prospects, and they still weren't rated as highly right. as the two guys the Dodgers gave up, it's Ruiz incredible. and uh, Jojo Reyes, is
6: it? Yeah, uh, that's they gave up a lot to get them, and, and you understand right. why. I, I agree with you, though. It wasn't Holy enough. Holy smokes. I mean, geez, these guys are good. Number um,
2: one starter and arguably
6: your most important position player right now. Absolutely. and And going forward, could be a cornerstone. Now, you're going to have to sign both guys for a lot of money, yeah. but... That shouldn't be a problem for the Dodgers to keep them. That's part of the reasons why they can develop and then all of a sudden say, see you later, to keep these guys. And if you miss on a guy, so what? Get another one. Yeah. You just throw money at it. Um, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most tomorrow outside the pitching matchup, there's two guys that uh, excite me. Uh, Tyler O'Neal, seeing if he can carry over what he's done here mm-hmm. in the late parts of this season. Um Phenomenal. I, I, I don't know if there's been a more exciting player for me to watch here down the stretch than what Tyler O'Neill has done, and then Nolan Arenado's first postseason with the Cardinals. I, you know, to me, seeing him have a chance to go off and carry a team and kind of put the uh, the cherry on top of his first year. Might do it. That'll be kind of fun to watch.
2: And playing at home where yeah. he grew up and all his friends and family are going to be there. It's going to be a pretty cool situation for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Tonight, JD Martinez is not going to be in the lineup. He had suffered a, an ankle injury uh, in their finale on Sunday. So JD Martinez. their middle of the lineup anchor not there for the Red Sox
6: looking forward to uh, Garrett Cole right this is why you brought him to New York and paid him over 300 million dollars to go on the road to go to Fenway Park and to shove and to be your number one in postseason play this is why you brought him there yep this is why you signed him this is why you have him so that's what I'm looking forward to uh, watching tonight and if he's right man he's awfully
2: good and I'll be interested to see if Stanton can maintain what he's done in September he's been great and I would guess that overall, if the Yankees look big picture, they're probably disappointed with what they've gotten from Stan because he hasn't played a lot. But this year he has, and he's been hot in September, and he can make the 250 million investment worth it just by having a great postseason. How about uh, Anthony Rizzo? There's another one. That, that'd and, be neither. That'd be a guy I'd look at too, and a playoff guy. And we talk about how the Yankees are going to play a four inning game. Remember that—who did he have the 11-pitch at-bat before he hit the home run against the Cardinals? I think it was Ponce. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it was. And it was more than 11. Wasn't it like 14 or maybe, something it was. Maybe like it was.
6: 15, and then yeah. hits that bomb, and the place just exploded yeah, at f- Wrigley.
2: First day that fans were back at yeah. Wrigley. Yeah. 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 I so think it was Ponce. I, I could—especially with the, that, the pesky pull down the right field right. line, Short, sure. definitely see Rizzo making a difference tonight.
6: And, and also, just uh, in general, um, if they advance— He's taking advantage of that, that short right-field porch in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he goes on a postseason run. This is where it all starts. It's fun. Yep. Emily. Oh, she's. I thought you had something oh. to say. Hey, uh, Dan, have a great show. Okay, thank you. We got We've got, two, got a couple two. of good guests uh, coming up, by the way. Former Rangers manager Jeff Bannister spent a lot of time uh, obviously with Pittsburgh, and former Tigers
2: Angels manager Brad Osmus. Looking forward to that. And don't forget that you can join 101 ESPN for a Blues season preview party next Friday at Copper Fire in Belleville. The Blues kicking off the regular season next Saturday. And to celebrate, we're hosting a day-long live broadcast at Copper Fire on Friday. Come hang out with BKM Ferrario, live from 11 to 2, the Fast Lane from 2 to 6, and then a live last Minute Blues podcast with Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, and Jeff Burton from 6 to 7. Plus, special guests, appetizer specials, specialty drinks, and a Blues giveaway every hour from 11 to 7, including your chance to uh, win signed pucks from uh, Ryan O'Reilly, a uh, Ryan O'Reilly jersey as well, a Market Street dream lithograph from artist Rick Rush, and much more. 101's Blues season preview party next Friday at Copper Fire in Belleville. Get all the details at 101ESPN.com. Great job by our producer-engineer, Emily Butcher. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, obviously, thanks to Michelle, and thanks to you for tuning in texting in and being a part of the show for all of us have a great day and until tomorrow morning at seven have a good one st louis that was the character and smallman podcast on 101 espn